Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Want to go, pretty boy? Two minutes by yourself and you feel shame, you know, and then you get free. The only thing better than a glass of beer is tea with Miss McGill. And welcome to the 4th Line Voice Podcast. My name is Darren. Thank you very much for tuning in. Episode 18 of the big show, some enforcer-based podcasting coming at you. Brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. You know what today is? Sunday. And that means from the vault. Another one of my old player interviews from my old website. And this one was a very special interview. The very first player interview I ever did. I'm not sure. Why didn't I Why didn't I start with this one? I don't know why I didn't do that. But uh, no, Josh Mazur was my very first player guest in July of 2018. And uh, I, I always tell everybody, and it's funny, uh, you know, uh, Mazur, you know, he, uh, he spoiled me. Damn it. He spoiled me. Uh, he was such a good guest. I mean, I, like I said, I've always, all my guys that I've interviewed have been great, but Mazer, I, I said it was funny because, uh, you know, I asked him to come on. Sure. What time? Oh, blah, blah, blah. yeah. And he, you know, came on right away. Uh, talked for two hours, was great. Get, answered all the questions, was in depth and with his answers and, uh, was, was just a, I, like I said, a joy to deal with in terms of like as a guest, he was tremendous, and it was uh, you know they're thinking afterward, ah, oh, this is easy. this is going to be great, and uh, uh, no, <laughs> no, like I said, everybody I've had on have been great, but uh, anybody will tell you who's doing a podcast, it's an interview based podcast, um, it is a pain in the ass, and you're trying to. Like I said, you're trying to line up schedules with guys and, you know, and some of these players, I mean, you know, they'll agree to a time and they ghost you and it, and it can be very frustrating. And, and I've talked about all my frustration. I'm not going to go into it. I mean, I've had, I did a whole episode ranting on this and it almost, and I've almost, and I've talked to other guys that do, do podcasts and it, I mean, it's been on the, had them on the brink of quitting podcasting as well over it. And, uh, it can be a very frustrating process, but so when you get a guest like uh, Josh, it, it was it's such a 
it, it's it's just so easy. And uh, and like I said, for that to be my first episode, then you yeah you know you have your the bar was set so high. It's like you know, you, like I said, you get spoiled. But uh, no, it was a great interview. And, and anybody listening, I always said uh, you know if they're not familiar with the Western Hockey League and stuff, and they're oh you Josh Mazur, and it's like well all you need to know is this dude fought Eric Goddard eleven times. There, that's it. That's all you need to know, and go and listen to the interview, and just shut up and learn something. And go on YouTube and type in Josh's name. Go to my YouTube channel. There's a plug already. What a segue. Fourth line voice on YouTube. Over 2,000 fight videos from junior to pro. Um, I got lots of Josh's fights up there. And just sit back and watch. Like I said, he fights Goddard, McIntyre, Parker, all these guys numerous times. And, uh, and I've talked to Josh, uh, well, I've talked to him a bunch of times since then, since this interview, obviously. And, uh, I've, I even said in this interview, and I always, and I always mean, I've said it to a bunch of guys, and I always mean, meant it to have them come back on. And, um, I was talking to Josh recently about a project I'd like to do with him and a couple other different players. And, uh, and it, I'm, I won't go in too much about it, but this isn't the last time you'll be hearing Josh Mazur, but, uh, yeah, I think it'll be a real fun project, and I talked to him about it, and he was really, you know, he was he was really uh, gung ho for it. So um, I think it'll be a lot of fun. But uh, no, guys. In the meantime, um, I hope everyone's been voting on the Bob Probert Invitational, the fourth annual. Off to a got it going today. Actually, Saturday high noon was the uh, gloves dropped. And uh, for anybody wondering what I'm talking about. Um, it's a Twitter tournament that I'm doing, Fourth Line Voice on Twitter. Uh, every year I've done it for the last four years. It's kind of a March Madness style bracket, 64 of hockey's toughest guys, uh, and NHL. And, um, but yeah, and then from there we just, it's a, it's a 24 hour Twitter poll. And, uh, you just, the first round matchup to do the first eight fights today and, uh, you know, tomorrow the next eight, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, we just go down and, uh, you know, it takes about a week and a half. And we see who the toughest is. And I always call it the Bob Probert Invitational. Because when that when I was first, four years ago, when this uh, haywire idea was brought up by Taylor, um, and myself one drunken Twitter night, um, we I didn't put Probert in the tournament, I always say, because he would win. So that's why I didn't do it, because, I mean, what, what's the fun in that? So I'm like, oh, how about I name it after him? And it's been really cool ever since then. Um, the tournament's sort of taken a life of its own on, and uh, uh, Bob's widow, Danny, and his and his kids um, have all, and, like, I know Danny's endorsed the tournament, and I know his kids really like it, and which was really cool to hear. And, of course, I mean, the virus canceled the, the motorcycle ride this year, unfortunately. Uh, Bob Probert's uh, charity motorcycle ride that they do every year down in Windsor, um, obviously with the virus and everything was canceled, but, uh, I always tried to do the tournament kind of lining it up with that, uh, you know, and I'm not arrogant at all. Oh yeah. So to draw awareness to it, I mean, it's not that, but at the same time, it was kind of, there's a whole bunch of stuff with Probert going on in that time period in the, in the July time period. So I always kind of tried to line it up, um, with the, with the, uh, ride as well. Just, uh, you know, it was a kind of a, a, a an advertising vehicle, so to speak. And, uh, yeah, so and so the response has been really great. And I know the first year I did it, it just blew up my Twitter account. Like, it was unbelievable. Because I think at that time, no one had ever done anything like that, like a Twitter tournament like this. Um, you know, and I've done so many since then. It's Like I said, it's almost become cliche. But um, the Probert one has always been great feedback. Like, even tonight, just looking at, uh, we're, you know, almost at 400 votes for the first eight fights. And, 
you know, and which is really cool and gets people talking and and like I said and and it's got a lot of 70s and 80s fighters in there, so it's always nice to see. Like I said, it's um, Twitter every all the time is Crosby and Giroux and Eichel and blah blah blah, and so it's nice to see uh, you know Brad May and Basil McRae and Bob Nice from getting talked about for a while. So it uh, that's been a fun fun thing. Um, you know, and like I said, and, and the and the comments are always, uh, you know, everybody's, you know, chatted out, oh, I think he'd win, blah, blah, you know, and you know, every once in a while it gets, a, you know, there's a uh, kind of a goof that chimes in now and again, but, you know, it don't keep him around for too long, he'll get booted, but uh, no, I think, uh, and, and it's really fun, the, the players will will chime in, and a lot of the guys that follow my account are actually in this tournament, so sometimes it's interesting to uh, to get to get their feedback, and uh, so, no, it's a lot of fun, and um and uh and and last week's episode uh episode 17 i had uh dave from the history of hockey fights on and uh we did kind of a bracket preview show and uh you know it actually t- ended up turning into an old uh fight message board early fight footage conversation that anybody under 35 is probably what are these two clowns talking about but anybody older than that was probably just uh nodding to their dashboard as Dave and I talked about the old days and uh but I had a lot of fun he was a great guest and uh and I hope you guys go back and will listen to that episode and uh and if you're not on Twitter I mean I know it's social media and a lot of people just um you know roll their eyes and and I get believe me I get you social media is a freaking cesspool but at the same time, this is kind of really fun. So I always tell everybody, even if you're not on Twitter, take the two minutes to join Twitter. Don't even put a profile picture in. Just be the the anonymous egg, you know, be egg flame fan one, two, three or something, whatever. But just uh, fourth line voice on Twitter. Just follow my account and uh, and just just to vote. Just do that and and just read the comments and and join in. And uh, it's it for at the very least. Just, just and then just cancel your Twitter account when the tournament's over. How about that? You know, but uh, I think you'll you'll find that uh, um, as much as the Twitter can be eye rolling cesspool, um, there is a lot of fun as well to it, and um, and and we always have a lot of fun at the tournament. So um, no, it's been uh, it's been uh, cool so far, and like I said, day one is in the books here almost. So uh, we'll see what happens this this time next week. I'll we'll be discussing the champ, so we'll we'll see who it is. But uh, other than that, guys, um, like I said, I hope everybody goes. This is episode 18, so hopefully uh, everyone goes back and, and listens to the first, uh, the first 17 interviews. Um, every, every Wednesday's a new episode, uh, new content. And then, like I said, every Sunday um, is uh, a vault episode where I, where I play one of my old player interviews. Uh, I'm going to be continuing to do this until, obviously, all my uh, <clears throat> past interviews are up. And, uh, so definitely got a few more months of this coming. Um, but, uh, yeah, other than that, um, we will, I won't do, drag on this, uh, this intro for too much longer, but I do have to drop, uh, one more, one more line on you. Like I said, this is brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. Hope you, uh, check out, uh, all the show, as it, like I said, all the NHL teams are, are represented on the network as well as, uh, Terry Ryan and, and everybody and, uh, you know, there's 30 some shows on the network, and of course, with the uh, draft that happened, um, I didn't pay much attention to it. But apparently, there was some contra. I don't know what. I don't know. Leave it to the NHL to screw something up. They've had how many, how long to get this ready, and you still mess it up. But so I'm sure they'll be, all the all the shows will be talking about that and where their team finished in the draft lottery, etc. 
Well, that's very professional. We're going to yawn right on air. But, um, you know, it's been a up early today, folks. It's been a long day already. But, uh, yeah, so do that. And then, of course, my boy Alec over at Five for Fighting, uh, Joe at the Coliseum Chronicles. Uh, you know, he's just had Aaron Asham on. And, uh, and then, of course, William over at the Biscuit. And, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, the morning skate boys. I'm going to get Ked and them. I know he's voting. Um, we'll get, he's going to be voting for Darren Langdon. I mean, him and numerous other anonymous eggs. <laughs> but, uh, you know, um, so give those guys a listen. Like I always say, I know there's only so much time during the day. And, of course, everybody knows Spit and Chiglets and 31 Thoughts and all those podcasts. I know those are all great and everything. But, like I always said, give give us little guys a chance, right? We're the mom and pop stores of podcasting and we're all fighting for airtime. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm so thankful that you've, uh, you're listening to this show. And, um, you know, if you're a first-time listener, thank you. And hopefully you stick around. And uh, like I said, we always get. I always think we have to bring a really good product um, to the podcasting world, and uh, yeah. And so it's, I'm honored that you would take the time out to listen. But uh, before we get into the Mazer interview, you guys know I got to do this. Um, every show uh, has uh, has advertising commitments and sponsor commitments. Hold on, don't hit fast forward. Hold on, hold on. Um, because I think you'll dig this. And, uh, this is a little different. This isn't your typical ad read. I always call it an ad suggestion. And this, uh, of course, they're a sponsor of the Hockey Podcast Network that I'm a part of. And this is how the network gets money, guys. And, uh, I know everybody's rolling around. Oh, interview, let's go, let's go. Yeah, 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 we will. But hold on. This is how the, this is how these cats, Isha and Dylan and the boys, they make money and, uh, you know, and, uh, and are sponsoring my ass to bring this stuff to you. So, and, and 30 other shows, so, um, you know, I, I will certainly, I've been, uh, going around Twitter and throwing this out for people that are, uh, are asking, and, uh, and I think this is a really cool product, and no, it's not manscaping and all that stuff, I mean, whatever, those are all the other shows, but this is, is really cool, and like I said, it was, uh, I think it's something that my, my listeners are definitely into, and I know my Twitter followers are for sure into, <clears throat> so I actually thought this sponsor was really cool. And I think it could really help some folks out. Well, I know it's helped folks out because they've already told me it has. And I looked into it and I always said, I'm not going to do an ad read or anything of something that I don't like or don't think this show will, you know, it fits my audience. But uh, I know there's lots of folks out there that are into hockey jerseys. And, uh, you know, not the guy, I'm not saying game worn. That's a little, that's a whole other topic. But, <clears throat> you know, there's lots of hockey, obviously hockey fans that, or else what would you be listening to this show for? Um, you know, people buy jerseys and they want the authentic ones, not this, not the knockoff, uh, Chinese knockoff ones that you can get on for $40 on, on some, uh, you know, on, on the internet out there, but no, these are legit. Um, it's, uh, NHLPA sponsored or, uh, authorized, I should say. And it's coolhockey.com. And, uh, yeah, they've got all the jerseys on there, home away, third, and they're authentic fight straps and you can get the, you don't have to get any, but you can get customized with whatever name you want on it, uh, hand-sewn numbers, so it's like, this is the legit stuff, this is what the dudes wear on the ice, and uh, I was, at, I've always said, and this is true, hey, and go look it up, and uh, you go do some of your own investigating, I was at the mall, went to Jersey City, look, you know, they got the jerseys on the rack, Crosby, you know, whoever, you know, all the big names, $300 they wanted for these bloody jerseys, and that's like, you have to get Crosby or whatever, what if I don't want Crosby, I want my name, and or, you know, 
God of Thunder 69 on the back of their jersey. How much is that going to cost? Well, it'd probably be $400 to do that, you know. And uh, But with this, I investigated it. I went and got a, a Calgary Flames third jersey, uh, you know, the old school. I uh, got number 16, McGratton, hand-sewn, 180 bucks, free shipping. Canadian. How can you beat that, folks? You can't beat that. That's what I'm telling you. So... Like I said, go investigate it. Coolhockey.com. At checkout, use the promo code THPN, the Hockey Podcast Network, obviously. THPN, and you'll get 30% off and free shipping. And they're out of Toronto. They're a legit company. Been around since the 90s. How can you beat it? You can't beat that. Look at this. I'm always looking out for my fourth liners out there. And uh, so, I, like I said, I asked around. I've asked people who have used the, pro, who have used the company before. Because like I said, I'm not going to lie to you. Everybody know I'm not going to bullshit you. I'm not a big Jersey guy. So, you know, I have never heard of these people. So before I went and started doing ad reads and everything for them, I did my due diligence. I, I'm not just some corporate shill that doesn't care about the product, folks. No, I went and asked around, and I went and asked. I have a bunch of followers on Twitter that I know are huge Jersey people. And I said, hey, you ever heard of these cats? And they're like, yeah, I've ordered my stuff from there. I'm like, oh, cool. No problem. Never any problems quality stuff, always got what they, on time and what they ordered, and, uh, yeah, so I, and it was, so it was really cool for me, I'm like, well, yeah, hey, use this network, you use the network code and get, you know, hey, everybody wants to save money in this world, right, 30% off and free shipping, you can't, uh, how do you beat that, and like I said, 180 bucks, Canadian, come on, that's, uh, you get, you Americans listed, that's like, what is that, like, that's like 1850 in American money, isn't it? <laughs> With the exchange rate? Yeah, so, I mean, there you go. THPN at checkout. And, uh, like I said, you can get, you can get Crosby or whoever you want, but I mean, you can also get them customized, the little things. You guys know what I mean. I don't have to explain it to you. If you're online ordering stuff, you know what to do. But, um, yeah, so there, that's the most, like, rambling ad read. Jeez, they get bissonette shit. But no, it's, I always call it an ad suggestion. You know, I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to go completely corporate sellout, but, uh, <clears throat> no, like I said, I understand that that's, uh, a part of the, of the network's business. And, uh, so, but when I saw that it was, uh, you know, a Jersey thing and, and the, and the offer was legit and the, and the business was legit, um, it's been really cool to, uh, <clears throat> and I, like I said, I put the, uh, link out to, uh, I shared the link, um, with a few people on Twitter and, uh, I know they've used it and it, uh, you know, hey, it was it was cool to be able to help people out like that. So, you know, that was one. That's all, I always say with anything, you know, beyond the ad and all that. But <clears throat> on Twitter, it's uh, you know, and having this podcast. Not again, I'm not arrogantly. I'm talking to millions. Like, no, I you know, I know. But I hey, there's a few folks that listen to it. You know, I mean, doing pretty decent in the ratings. I know there's uh, up and you know. Um, Hey, I was 18 in Canada one week, so that was really cool. And, uh, you know, the, it's always kind of charted well, the show, and they've, the network's done a really great job in promoting me. And, um, you know, uh, it's, it's been, it's been very gratifying getting the feedback from people. And, um, and, and I know the episode with Dave did really cool. And like I said, the, the, the tournament's done really well. And, uh, yeah, so it, it's been fun talking to people and, uh, getting the feedback on different episodes. And, uh, and just getting random uh, kind of messages from people just saying out of the blue that uh, they listened to the show and they liked it. And, uh, you know, I mean, they're all cool. Hey, I got a really cool message from Pete Vandermeer. Um, and, Pete, I know you you listen, so thank you, thank you very much. It meant a lot to me. And, uh, you know, I, I was saying to somebody the other day, um, 
you always sort of, every once in a while, you kind of question what you're doing or if you're doing the right thing or whatever. But I said, when an ex-player gets a hold of you and kind of tells you they're enjoying your work, I know I'm on the right path at that point. Um, you know, like I said, any, as soon as you kind of get acceptance from the boys um, in terms of uh, the content you're putting out, um, I mean, I, was, I, I, I think I've always had it. I, well, I mean, I've heard it from numerous players and stuff. And, and it's always great when you do hear that, the, that kind of validation. Because, um, like I said, the fan, like, I'm just a fan. I'm, I've never pretended to be otherwise. Um, you know, and, and Alec and guys like us, I mean, you know, you know, we do this to, to like I said, to honor the players and to give them a, a platform to share their stories. And, um, and so when you get the feedback from, from former players, uh, whether it be junior or, or college or pro or what have, what have you, um, it, it's always rewarding when you, when you hear from them. And, um, yeah, and I've, I've gotten messages from a few current players lately and said the saying that. So, um, you know, so that's been really, really cool. And, um, yeah, like I said, uh, I, I was saying earlier with the, sometimes you get the frustration of, uh, of, of guys not coming on or you think you have a guest lined up and they go to a different show or, or they just, get, they ghost you or, or what have you. I mean, that, you know, it, 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 you question a lot of things at that point and you get really frustrated. But when, when they come on and, and it goes well, like with the Roman Volpats or, uh, you know, or what have you, um, you know, all the, the Josh Mazers and the, and, you know, and the Sean McMorrows and the Morastis and Mayrads and all the guys that I've had on, um, you know, when, when, when they come on and, and you, you feel like you really, you, you really captured their career and, uh, and after the off air, they're telling you how great, you know, they really enjoyed coming on and, and, uh, and, and they express that and they, you know, they say it on Twitter, they retweet it on Twitter and, and their friends reply and you can see their friends replying to them or, or their followers and, oh, that was a great interview. And, and, and it, that's, um, that's really cool. It's really rewarding to get that feedback and, uh, to read that. And then, so the frustration you feel on, on the one hand about almost quitting and guys not showing up, um, is sort of erased and then replaced by, uh, you know, that, that good feeling of, um, of bringing that player's story to to the world, really. I mean, that's how, I don't mean to sound so grandiose, and and but really, it's true. It's you put it on the internet, and the world can hear. Like I, I've always said, that's what baffles me. Hey, this, I'm a 44 year old, you know, uh, government worker doing this out of a with his cheap microphone in the in his back room, looking out his window on a you know on a Saturday night and. Uh, you, sometimes you you feel like you're talking into the abyss and and you you wonder who's actually out there and then all of a sudden a few days later you're getting messages from someone in in Russia or in uh, the UK or you know even down you know fucking Des Moines or something and hey I listen to your show and it's, I love it and keep up the good work or what have you and and it it hits you like it's it's so the internet has made the world so small right. Like you never would have thought of this, like, growing up back, they wouldn't have the internet or any of this, like, this, you know, and, and radio was talking to the local people driving home from work, right, or to work in the morning, that was your radio, you know, and globally was, it, it's mind-blowing, uh, you know, young kids listening, I mean, they grew up with this, so it's, I mean, it's old hat to them, but, I mean, 
when you think of my generation and where we've come from and the you know the advancements we've seen uh, you know I, 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 I'm not meaning to sound like all okay boomer and get off my lawn but really and it, it's true I mean we never in the 90s we never would have thought of this early in high school and stuff I mean we were doing typing that's what our computer class was that was mine was like computer applications and you learned to type and it was archaic stuff and you know um, you know, so now it's all of a sudden be like, yeah, I have a podcast and, you know, and people around the world listen. It's, it's bizarre. But, uh, anyway, that's, I'm, I'm just rambling now. Um, it's Saturday night and I'm sitting here and, you know, I'm, I'm in a I'm froggy, I'm feeling in a talkative mood. So, uh, I'm rambling, but, uh, how about I'll shut up and we'll get to this interview with Josh Mazer. But, uh, yeah, guys, so remember, go vote in the Pro- Probert uh, Invitational on Twitter, um, YouTube, Fourth Line Voice, check it out. Um, and on the platforms you're listening to, whether it be on iTunes or Spotify, what have you, could you, uh, like I would say, could you rate and review my show? It helps me out. And uh, Hockey Podcast Network, check out the other shows and rate and review them. And like I said, it, and, and everything helps um, with the network. So, uh, you know, like I always say, we're not spitting chiglets, right? We're all fighting for airtime. So, you know, help us little guys out, but, uh, you're listening to this. So I, I can't thank you enough. I appreciate it. So, and hopefully you stick with me cause I know there's lots of options out there, but, uh, let's get rolling here. This is my interview. My very first player interview from July of 2018, um, with Josh Mazer. He was a great guest. I think you guys will really dig it. All right. Thanks guys. Talk to you on Wednesday. Is a uh, former uh, Spokane Chief, uh, Swift Current Bronco, Medicine Hat Tiger, Ice Bat Cyclone, tough guy, Josh Mazer. Josh, how are you doing today? Good. How are you doing, there? Right it's on. A there. Pleasure to be on here. Well, there you go. I appreciate you. Uh, you're we're uh, we're breaking new ground here. The first guest. You're my first interview. Well, I, I can't believe you picked a scrub like me, but I'm I'm, I'm really honored. So that's that's very nice. Yeah. Well, hey, like I said, you're going to bring my ratings up from nothing to next to nothing. That's <laughs> right. Well, my wife and kids. I got I got three kids and a wife, so you get four. Well, there we go. I, well, they, hey, well, they'll probably watch together, so it'll just be one. But whatever. Well, I was going to say that's three more than I had on episode one. I think so. I think I had five people in a burglar tune into the first one. So we'll uh, we're going to. Uh, well, like I put, I, I famously just tweeted. I said this man is uh, was tougher than the left turn downtown. I'm telling you. You know, uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So when, uh, well, we're, like I said, uh, well, I was saying off air, but, uh, uh, what we're going to do here is, uh, I kind of just, uh, we'll do a timeline kind of through your career here and, uh, go season by season and we'll just kind of, uh, break it down and, and get your feelings on a few things. Um, so did you, uh, did you play, uh, triple A midget in Medicine Hat? I did. Yeah. I played, uh, yeah, triple A all the way up in, uh, Medicine Hat till, uh, Spokane, and uh, my coach was a scout for Spokane. They listed me. I went there and tried out, and ended up making the team after a couple tries. So now, when you were, uh, was it still listing, or was there a bantam draft, or had they? Still- there, there was a draft. Uh, I didn't yeah. get drafted. I didn't get listed till I was a little older. Yeah. Uh, I went to camp with a couple teams when I was younger, but uh, yeah, no, I got listed, and then I went there. Uh, I went to camp when I was seventeen. And I, I think I weighed 165 pounds, and I tried to fight everybody there. And Babcock <laughs> told me, he said, "You can't be a tough guy at 165 pounds." So, so I went home and started eating cheeseburgers immediately. 
lifting weights as much as I could, and then uh, the next year I went to camp and ended up making the team. So yeah, so you went you you went home, did some carbo loading, and uh, yeah, I did. Yeah, uh, did you? Uh, a lot did of you, whoppers. Yeah. Well, hey, I'm still carbo loading. Yeah, with <laughs> hitting weight. Yeah. The uh, did you uh, do any boxing or anything? I did. I, I grew up boxing. My dad was a boxer, and uh, yeah, I was a real big boxing fan. I had a lot of. Uh, I didn't have like uh, boxing and hockey season co- uh, were the same time, so I didn't always get a chance to get a lot of fights in because uh, hockey was going on. But I got as many fights in at the end of the year as I could, and uh, ended up winning a couple of provincial championships and whatnot. So went overseas. So really? I had a pretty good time doing that, and had a uh, real love of the sport too. So. Yeah, well, I knew you were a boxing guy. I didn't know you were that deep into it, but I could, from watching your videos, from your fight videos, you could tell you've at least done, you've done some boxing just by the way you move. Because actually, I was yeah, going to yeah, was was say that you have an interesting fighting style. Yeah, it was different because bo- my boxing style was a lot different than my fighting style. Because when, when I boxed, I was tall and skinny and lanky, and I liked to fight on the outside. But when I played hockey, I was usually the smaller guy by three or four inches and I had to get inside so it was a little different style for me trying to get inside it wasn't what I was quite used to but uh, I've trained and after I, I've trained a lot of players to win boxing hockey players and uh, I mean I, my style was kind of shorter punches I always tell the guys well the, the big long looping punches look good to the fans but the guys in the fight know those usually don't land and uh, the short punches that the fans can't see that's usually a more effective way to go my opinion. That's my strategy on it, but everybody had their own style. So, well, I was gonna say. So, okay. So your first year here. So you're 18. You roll yeah. down. You roll down to Spokane. Well, I was gonna say even with all your traveling and stuff. So it actually was like making the move at 18 out of the house, away from the away from the homestead, and while well, going to a different country, going to the United States to play in Spokane. Was that a big adjustment for you, or are you pretty well? Not a big deal. It, like, it was. I mean, I was ready to go, but it was. Uh, uh, like, looking back, hindsight's 22. I could have been a little bit more mature, for sure. And it's, uh, uh, we, I mean, we had a real tough team, and we had a, guys that were fun and like, play hard, like, I said, play hard, party hard, and we kind of lived up to that. And, uh, it, it was, it was good. Like, I was, re- I was, uh, it was good. It was, uh, I was ready to leave home. Everybody's got to go spread their rings and learn how to, be yep. an adult, and it was a good experience. So. Yeah. Well, at that point, you would have been out of school anyway, right? Like you were. Yeah, I was done school. Yeah. yeah so uh, that would have been easier too. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, yeah. The, yeah. I felt bad for those guys who had to get home at four in the morning. Got to get up and go to school in a couple of hours. That's definitely tough. So. Yeah. So you were. So you're 18. You roll into Spokane. So you've obviously, like you're saying, you've been boxing and stuff. So it really wasn't uh, all of a sudden. This is going to be my first time ever fighting or anything. Like you were fairly. Uh, like, were you fairly confident in your pugilistic? Ability? I was like, I, I, I loved fighting growing up. Like, I loved, even minor hockey. Like, if I there was trouble, I was always in there and looking little, to get a little cage trouble. rage. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and, and yep. Well, oh, sorry, it's just echoing on my end here. Oh, you all right? Yeah, no, it's good. I think you're right. Yeah, no, uh, what was I saying there? Yeah. No, I, I like fighting and I, I wasn't, I, I just wanted to get her in. And there was a lot of tough guys on, on that Spokane team. Mm-hmm. Like camp was, camp was, uh, yeah, during your way, uh, 
first year, I think I still had a cage on, and I don't know if you remember, Trent Winfield was our star player, and I ended up just running him over, and Joel Boschman came in. And I, like, he was a big guy. Like, he looked like he was about 30 years old and tough, and he came after me. I might have uh, pooped my pants a little bit on that one, but it was okay. It was good. I got uh, I did all right and thought, okay, this isn't so bad. And I put Ty Jones at camp, too. And uh, pretty much anybody who would fight, I think, I fought that camp. And that's kind of how it was back in those days. I mean, yep. uh, they, they were camps were just like it was. Some of them actually got kind of ridiculous, just fights after fights after fights. Yeah, well, that's but it was fun. Well, and that's the thing for any of the the younger folks listening. It's, uh, I mean, this is a an entirely uh, different. It was an entirely different world back then. I mean, I know now. I think a lot of the maybe not maybe all of them. I'm not sure, but I know a bunch of them. I mean, there's like a no fight in camp rule now. Yeah, I know, I know the Saskatoon Blades have had that for years. Yeah, and yeah. it's like, but back then. Like you said, it was like, you know, fight, pick up your shit and keep playing. Fight, pick up your stuff, keep playing. Like there was no, you know, and there was no. Uh, yeah, it was it. It was crazy. Well, I know the first camp I went to was Regina Pass, and I can't remember who the coach was, but he had an all fight policy, and I, and I was I was pissed. I mean, I was little. I probably only weighed 145 pounds, and probably would have got beat up. But I was still kind of upset about that. But yeah, like I, I mean, as a kid, I'd go to just Tiger Camp just to watch, just to watch the fights and. Yeah, you know, people just loved it. It was, it was, it was fun. It was a different time for sure. Oh yeah, well, and then and the old arena there at Medicine Hat. Yeah, I mean, there were some beauties that rolled through that through that rank. There was for sure. Yeah, yeah, a lot of tough guys. Yeah, I I still say my my old well, he's on Twitter. We we talk follow each other. Well, I know you follow him too. But uh, my my boy when they came to Saskatoon was always Taze. I was a yeah, huge Lauren Taze oh, fan. Beauty. Yeah, he's a beauty. Oh yeah. Yeah, and then, well, and of course, you had, like, you know, back, you had Jason Prasovsky and Dan Kordick and yeah. McCabe yeah. and Rocky, Tom, well, the Thompson boys, Jeremy and Rocky. Yeah, both and, of them, yeah. Clayton yeah, Gaynor, he was one of my favorites, yeah, yeah. There, there was a lot of, yeah. a lot of tough guys, yeah. Norris and stuff, there. yeah, no, it was, uh, yeah, Medicine Hat was always a fun team to watch when they came rolling. Justin Hawking, there was another one, yeah. Yeah, there yeah. Was a, When they came rolling through Saskatoon, that was, uh, must-see, uh, must-see yeah. action. But, uh, okay. So, he was tough too. Yeah, he was, yeah. So we, uh, so okay, so we roll into Spokane. It's 97-98. Oh, and for anybody wondering, the Spokane team that year, as a team, had 208 fights. 208. And the funny thing was, is you guys didn't even lead the league. Well, actually, you were one behind. We didn't? Well, no, yeah, Medi- Medicine, Hat had, <laughs> Medicine Hat had one more than you guys did. Oh, but, really? Huh. But the funny thing was, so you have 208 tilts. To put that in perspective, this last WHL season, oh, I had it written down. Oh, it was like there was like three, yeah, three hundred and seventy-nine fights total in the league. Holy cow! In the league last year was three hundred and seventy-nine, and you guys had two hundred and eight as a team. Yeah, so it's uh, like you said, it was a, it was a different era. <laughs> yeah, we had, it was a tough team. Like I love like that it was a, a real close team. You know, good team. We hosted the Memorial Cup that year. Yep. And, uh, like the guys we had, like, it was just kind of, like, we were just team, we were just team tough. It was, if there was another tough guy on the other team, it was kind of a race to see who could fight him first. And if one of our guys got bested, there was another guy coming at you right away. Like, like Graf was tough, Jonesy, Suter, Severson, like, yep. uh, Dan Vandermeer was probably the pound for pound toughest guy in the league. He probably weighed about 150 pounds. But he could throw them with anybody. Like those damn Brandon. Eh? Like yeah, practice is 
practices were, uh, we'd have fights in practice. So I don't know how many fights in practice I had that year, but it'd be getting a little, you could tell Babs was getting mad a little bit. Yeah. He was going to bag skate us, and they'd just we'd look at each other like, hey, we need to fire something up here because we don't want to get bag skated. Off the gloves would go, there'd be a tilt going on, and he'd be happy again, and practice would continue. Well, I was going to say, like, okay, well, because uh, I got a, a whole bunch of Leaf followers, and hopefully they're listening to the show here, and they'll, they'd will they kill me if I didn't ask. Mike Babcock, he's a very polarizing yeah. figure. As you know, uh, I, 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 we all know how Commodore feels about him. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And, I mean, you, you're, some guys hate him, other guys love him. Um, I've always been kind of critical that he, which is funny because I actually wasn't, it wasn't until today, and I was sort of looking into your stats a little bit. I mean, I knew what teams you played on, and I kind of clicked on it. I didn't realize he was coaching there when you were there. Um, and the fact that you guys were second in the league in fights was kind of baffling to me with Babcock's reputation of, of pretty much when he got to the NHL of just being like a really yeah. soft coach, right? And it's yeah. like, um, so what was he like He's, back then? Well, he, he he was he he liked us having a tough team, like in uh, for sure, like. He, He's so smart and uh, he works so hard and such a great coach. Like, I think he just changed with the times. Like, he saw fighting was going out and that's not the way to win anymore. And he and he adjusted his coaching style. But back then, it was you, you know you won games by intimidating teams and and yep. like there was no he like he didn't have to tell you to go and fight, but like he pretty much did. Like, and 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 we uh, we just had to, if anybody on our team got hit, like somebody was sticking up for him, like. And he he was tough, like he's a tough tough man. And, and like you see his uh, social media presence, like he looks grumpy all the time. And and he is like he's the most intense individual I've ever met for sure. And uh, but away from the rink, he's just a super nice guy, like personable, talk to you, pretty charming. So he can get away. Like I think that's where his success comes. He can get away with being super hard on players and demanding and. Players still respect him because he is not an asshole all the time. He can be a real good guy. Yeah. Well, I mean, that, I mean, that's just comes with coaching, right? It, I guess you just yeah. got that general. I mean, th- there's the love hate thing all, with any coach, right? So yeah. I was, um, like I said, just kind of going through the team. Like you had mentioned, uh, actually, a really interesting guy to me. Um, just get your feelings on him, was Ty Jones because yeah. he was a real high end draft pick and. Uh, you know, I'm mean, not shitting on the guy, but I mean, you know, NHL wise, it didn't really pan out for him. But it was, just, and I've heard other different stories about him and stuff. What was he like? Ty, Ty was like just a great guy. That like he light up a room. Like he yeah. just had a presence and an aura around him. He was, uh, he walked in the room. He was the man. Like laugh and and he'd he'd roll into into camp and we'd do weight weight testing, weight lift testing. He didn't touch weight all summer and he'd just crush everyone. Just crush everybody, and uh, I remember when I first first year I got to camp. I come from Massanat, and I was kind of known as the the beer chugging champion of Massanat. So I'm like, well, I'll try this guy out. We'll see how we how uh, how this beer chugging contest can go <laughs> at the rookie party. And he just crushed me. Like I I barely had a sip out. He had that thing sucked right down. Like he's just uh, real fun, fun loving guy, uh, real good guy. And uh, he was a lot of fun to be around, for sure. Yeah, well, he, was, he was a tough dude. Uh, another guy yeah. that I was actually a really big fan of and uh, unheralded, not a lot of people talk about him, but folks, if you're out, get out, drop your gloves, and go look up his fights. But Chris Graff. Yeah. He was, uh, 
he was he was a technician, man. He was. He really was. He was. Uh, he he was a student of fights too. He he really enjoyed it uh, in, initially, and uh, he kind of changed his style. He, from his first year, he fought everybody, and he kind of went toe to toe. And I think he found out, like you find out, that he was a smaller guy that he can't go toe to toe with everybody. So he did. He was a really really smart fighter. Uh, very well, like amongst players and, and other fighters, like super well respected. Yep. And, uh, yep. like, and uh, he, one of the funniest individuals I've ever met too, him and I and, and Dan Vandermeer both all lived on the north side of town and we were kind of the only players that lived over there. So we spent a lot of time together. We had a lot of fun. And, uh, just a, just a, like, one of the funniest people I've ever met. Just a great guy. That's yeah. Awesome. Yeah. He's, uh, I know he's that. Well, I think it must be his wife that's on Twitter. I don't know how much. I mean, obviously she's probably telling him what's going on, but I know she follows me on Twitter, and I've talked to her a few times. I'd like to actually get Chris on the show. Oh, he'd yeah, he'd be great on the show. He yeah, he's uh yeah, and 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 under like you said, underrated. Yes. Well, I would say I wouldn't say he was really underrated. Maybe in the fans' minds, the, yeah, the yeah, players yeah. in the league knew who he was, and they like they feared like they feared him. He was feared, and if you ever met him on the street. Like you, you'd never think he was as tough as he was. Like he just did not come across like that at all. Like just, a, just a happy, fun guy to be around, and he wouldn't, and not very big at all. Like no, like maybe five ten, five eleven, maybe six feet. But yeah, no, it, uh, yeah, no, definitely. Um, so yeah, your first year, you play thirty three games, and you get into eighteen tilts. And I, I laugh because I go and look at your fight card. And you didn't just put your just uh, dip your toe into the pool. You just jumped right in because the first guy you fight right out of the gate is friggin' Scott Parker. Yeah, that was that was probably my best game. I should have retired after that game. Well, you fought, actually fought yeah. him and Jeff Church actually in that game. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think I had to wait about eight games till I finally got into one. But then I got into one and fought Parker. My first shift, I got the puck, rang it right off the goalpost. I was like, well, this league's pretty easy. I don't know what the heck people are talking about. <laughs> but no, it was, uh, it was a good experience. Uh, uh, I mean, if you're, if, I mean, uh, it was kind of, we kind of all on Spokane, we kind of all wanted to fight Parker all the time. Like, it, it was kind of see who could, who have the bragging rights to fight him. He was yeah. the undisputed champ, the toughest guy in the league by far. Oh, but, yeah. uh, yeah. We kind of wanted to show that we weren't, we all wanted to show, you know, a little rivalry between the guys on the team who could, uh, if anybody could get the best of them, so. Well, you did all right. I mean, it wasn't like, you know, I mean, he didn't, he didn't pump you or anything. I mean, you were right there with him. Uh, but yeah, Parker, like he, like I, you know, I can remember the time. I can, I, like I have all, he's actually the one guy that, uh, I've managed to actually, I have all of his junior fights. And it's yeah. like, when he, you see him go through, and I mean, I've watched, you know, being in size two, and I've seen everybody come through town. I've seen, you know, since the early 90s. And it's like, he was the toughest guy I ever saw in junior. Yeah, he was, he was pretty tough. Um, I thought, yeah, he was pretty tough. I mean, he'd be right up there for sure. Belak, I thought, was pretty tough. And Ross yeah. Thompson, too. Yeah, and uh, him, and, him and, I was about to say, him and Rocky, yeah. Yeah, but yeah he'd be right up there for sure. Yeah, but it was just, uh, and I think, well, and, and like I said, with the with him, it's the rare thing that, especially for that time period, to have all of that footage. 
Because that's yeah, the thing. I yeah. mean, not a lot of Rockies footage is out there or Belax Jr. Yeah. footage. So it's like, you know, getting footage is very hard for back then. But it managed, you know, so you could see Parker. Because it was funny, in his first year, I think he played defense and he wore number three. And then, yeah, yeah and I've then, seen a lot of his fights on tape. Yeah, that, yeah. yeah. And then I don't know what happened over the summer, but he, like, changed his number to 44 and went up front and... All of a sudden, like he, like you know, he's dropping Friedrich and Legault, and it was like, yeah, yeah, uh, Mohagen and all those guys. It was like, it, uh, why well, him and Skurlak and like, yeah, but him and uh, him at the time period, I would say, kind of him and uh, maybe Mike Brown were probably the two. What did you think of Mike Brown? Um, because I know you fought him too. I'm looking. I did. Yeah, no, he was he was he was a tough uh, he was a tough customer. Uh, like uh, had a real real smart fighter, uh, yeah. Threw threw a lot of punches. Was a real good fighter, uh, yeah. He was a really skilled. Yeah, he was guy. tough. I I don't know if he was the uh, the top dog. Well, he would have been like he was the top dog in the West for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was the top dog in the West for sure. Yeah, well, he was a and well, after had, Parker after Parker left. Yeah, like he had some talent though too. Like he, well, he's a first. Yeah, he was pick. a good player too. Yeah, real good player. Yeah, think, he was I, a he was a real tough guy. Yeah. I, I think what always did him in was the fact that he got he was the guy that got traded for Pavel Bure. Probably, yeah. You know, yeah, I, I thought he. I mean, he. Did, I mean, I. I can't say I thought he'd have a longer NHL career because he did play in the NHL, and that's quite amazing in itself. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, like he did well. So there's not, I'm not saying, yeah. but yeah, I mean, I thought maybe he would have stuck around a little longer, but he was, cause he was a good player too. Like he could play the game and tough and, yeah. and, and skate and big and yeah. Uh, yeah. I always wanted Vancouver to kind of give him a shot. And I don't know. It's like, I don't know what happened. And like, you know, who knows how these things happen? You know, you're, somebody doesn't like you or they don't give you, it's all opportunity too. Right. You know? So yeah. Um, yeah, so just kind of go with, yeah, so Parker right out of the gate, and then, uh, and then, well, then, well, like I said, you fought Brad Voth, and, uh, Mark Scott, and Mike Brown, Millette, Chris Millette. I think, is that the fight that's like the longest fight in hockey history? That one? I, that, I think that was the next year, the first year. I think he was with, uh, he was with Cologne at that time. So, I mean, they were tough. They, they were, like, they had Parker, they had Fedorik, they had Millette, uh, Justin Jack. Justin Jack, you know, yeah. Like, they're like, they're, I, I don't know, their scouts were finding these guys were 6'6. Like, you'd look, they had 6'6, like, they had Mitch Fritz the next year, Clint Keikinger. These guys were just giants. Like, it was, it was, uh, it was, if anything was intimidating, it was intimidating to play them. For yeah. Sure. Well, then that old arena. In that little rink. Yeah, yeah, that back wall. Thank you, little rink. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was uh yeah, I've been I was been in that rink a few times. Yeah, what a that was a dump that one. But uh but yeah, Millette, there's another guy. What did uh he always uh Millette was kind of a was uh I liked Millette. I was always a fan, but he seemed like a little kind of a dirty son of a bitch though. He he was he played he played like he played hard. He'd lip you off and like he wasn't my favorite. Like I I always look forward to because I didn't really like him on the ice because he played hard, right? Like, yep, you yep. gotta respect that. And he was tough. Like uh, talk yep. about underrated too. Like he was tough. He was one of the tougher guys around. He didn't get a lot of. I mean, he got a lot of credit, but probably like he didn't lose too many. He, he, nope. 
Yeah, and he was always game, and he always played hard. And he like after the fight, he'd be like, he was one of those guys that'd be lipping you off in the penalty box. Or whatever. Oh, yeah, because it's like because yeah, I got the Kalota fights, and you watch them, and after every fight, you know the linesmen are in there. He'll kind of throw one over their shoulder, or slap oh, a yeah, guy. Yeah, he's yeah. always got something to say, and I'm like, I was just thinking, I'm like, oh man, this guy must. As a fan, it was funny, but I'm like, oh, playing against them would probably just drive you nuts. It did. Like, it, you know what? It, it, it was. It was kind of like, like I say, like it, it was. It, it was nice. Like, and I appreciate at the time. Like, I didn't, didn't like playing against him. I like, like you. I like looked forward. I always wanted to fight him because he just kind of got under my skin. I mean, I appreciate that. Like, I'd probably be a beauty to have on your team. Like, a great guy for sure to have on your team. Yeah. And, and he was tough. Like, he he gave me like that one that fight. One fight we had. I don't know. It was two minutes. So that was a heck of a fight. And I think he get. In the playoffs one year, we had a pretty good tilt. He gave me a pretty good shiner that time. Yeah, he's a tough guy. Yeah. Yeah, that fight with him, like, yeah, it is. It's literally, I think somebody timed it. It's like a minute and 56 seconds. One, and it's like, at that point, like, it got to the point where it was ridiculous. Like, it was like, did afterwards, were you, like, looking at the linesman? Like, you know, where, hey, boys, like, would you go for coffee or what? Like, what were they well, doing? Well, you, you know when I would get mad? Like, I wouldn't get mad. I never wanted to break him up because from boxing, I always thought I could out-stamina guys because I really didn't get tired. I always thought, okay, I might get tired for a bit, but I knew how to gain my stamina back and keep going. But uh, what, what would piss me off back then was guys getting their arms out of their jersey. Yes. And it, it really wasn't fair because sometimes the lines would break it up. Sometimes they wouldn't. And you'd be like, well, it was a distinct advantage, like distinct advantage when your arm came out of your jersey. So I would get mad, like my arm comes out in half the time, they'll break it up. This guy's arm comes out and they kept letting it go. And at that, it was, it's tough to rest when you can't grab onto their jersey and they got nothing. I mean, it sounds like, yeah. No, well, I, I, well now that we're talking about it, I was going to say, did you, uh, were you a tie down guy or did you do any jer- jersey modifications or uh, were you pretty straightforward? Well, I was tired. They kind of were, that's why, like, it kind of was, uh, I'd get mad at it because they were crack, they were supposed to be cracking down on tie downs and they'd give you, like, you didn't have a tie down, I forget what you'd get. If your arm came in, you're supposed to get a 10 minute misconduct, uh, and you had to wear your tie down or it was a game misconduct or something. They were really trying to crack down because, I don't know if that was the year I came in or before. I mean, guy, it was the Rob Ray where guys were getting completely undressed and and they're yeah. like, "Well, this is ridiculous, right?" And yeah. So they they were kind of trying to crack down on that. The guys were still getting out of their jerseys, and uh, I mean, which I mean, I I got out of my jersey and give it to a few guys. I'm not like I'm not going to say it didn't go both ways, but uh, it, it was you'd kind of get mad because you didn't know what the refs were going to do a lot of the time. I think, and I'm not saying in that fight, whatever it was. Like he came on at the end for sure, and uh, but I thought I won the start of it. <laughs> but but he, he yeah, they maybe should have let her keep, kept going a little longer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was like, I think I had a birthday watch of that fight. That was so long. <laughs> but uh, all right, well, so so there was kind of your first, the overview of your first year. So now, so the second year, you're 19. You start off in Spokane, and then you get traded to Swift Current. Now, what was uh? Well, first of all, what was your feeling? Were you happy about that, or pissed off, or? I, I, no, I, I was happy. I, I, uh, like I, I hated to leave Spokane. I really loved it there. I, I loved, uh, like I really loved playing for Babs. But uh, he was—I was 19 at the time, and I wasn't getting a lot of ice time. And he—I think I'd been a healthy scratch a couple times, and he, and 
I mean, with Babcock, the thing, guys don't, some guys probably don't like him. He's brutally honest. Like, and I really appreciate that where a lot of coaches will just blow smoke up your ass and tell you what you want to hear. Yeah. He told you the way it was. Like, he, I don't know how many times he told me I couldn't skate and I had to work on it. And I never took it offensively, but he, he said, like, you're not going to, you can stay here. You're not going to play much or we can trade. I said, well, I'd like to play. So he traded me a swift current and I was excited to get there. And it was, uh, it was a real, real, uh, it was very fortunate. It was a real good team, real good group of guys that I went to there. So. Well, and then and we'll start at the well. We'll start with that coach because now it is current Oiler coach Todd McClellan. So yeah, he. I mean, great coach too. I was I was extremely fortunate in my, in my junior career. Played for three great coaches: uh, Mike Babcock, Todd McClellan, and then Matt Snyder, Rick Carrier, who now works with the Oilers. Who's yeah. uh, was probably an underrated coach because they were a young team and we were losing, but. We just had a lot of young players. Uh, yeah, Todd was a great guy, a real great coach. Not not quite as intense as uh, as uh, Mike, but uh, st- still a good coach in his own way. Yeah. Well, 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 we'll go off script here just for a second. I was going to ask you about McClellan. Okay. What What do you think at Edmonton? Or do you think he's kind of? Are they kind of? Should they kind of go with them? Or is it? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, we talk to Oilers I mean, fans on Twitter. They're ready to get the pitchforks and torches out already. You know. I don't think it's his fault. No, for sure. Uh, that's a t- it's a tough situation. Not a tough situation. What do you do there? I I don't know. Uh, he's definitely I uh, probably one of the better coaches in the league. Uh, I don't I don't think it's his not his fault for sure. The the uh, yeah I don't know. I, I don't follow him close enough to give a very good opinion. Yeah. Nobody well, I, was opinion I, was hope, I was hoping you so, did because I don't really. I don't watch it at all, actually. But I just see it on Twitter, and uh, you know. But it's, that's I guess that's the old saying with coaching, right? It's kind of too much credit when they win and too much blame when they lose. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Yeah. I mean, they, I don't think they have the personnel right now. No. Uh, but I, I don't think it's Todd's fault for sure. He's a great coach. He's proven he's one of the best coaches in the league. Yeah, and he's had one like, I mean, the year before they were ready to count, uh, anoint him king of the world. Like exactly, he had one, like it's. It's just what have you done for me lately? And ho- I mean, hopefully he can t- they can turn it around this year. I mean, yeah. So so you ro- we you roll into Swift Current. So it's <clears throat> it's obviously not the uh, you know not quite the as tough a team obviously as the Spokane one that you were leaving, but still you had like uh, you know. Jeremy Reach and Dean Sardachny and guys like that. Yeah. How was yeah. uh, how was your experience in Swift Current? It was. I had a great time in Swift Current. I had a uh, uh, really good billets, and it was like the guys on the team. I mean, it was the smallest city in the CHL. It was a lot different than Spokane. Yeah. Um, but it was uh, a real close team. The community was great. Uh, the, the guys, like I say, were great. They were welcoming, welcoming right in. Uh, the player, like like you said, like you mentioned, Reach and Sardakny, like two real tough guys. I mean, we're talking all the fighting. Like Dean Sardakny is probably one of the, again, one of the most underrated. Yep. Tough guys and players around. Like that kid was tough and just like an honest, good guy. Like uh, just real good and and a good player too. Like a real good player. I thought, yeah, he probably had a chance to go somewhere. I don't know. I thought he might go a little farther because he was like he was a great player and and tough, like tougher than nails. Offered males. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. So just now at this point, so you're 19, and you're kind of so. If you uh, like, are you pretty confident? Or I mean, you probably already were anyway. But at this point, were you pretty confident? Like, kind of versus anyone in the league? 
I was, but, but you know what? I, it was get going back to getting traded. I was actually very excited to get, go to the East Division because I thought it was way tougher. Like it was way tougher the East Division. I was pretty pretty excited to see how I'd match up out there. Because uh, I mean, the, the West there were some tough guys. That, uh, there was Brown, and then after that, the kind of heavyweight situation dropped off a little bit. I, I can't even remember who was all there, but uh, all the big heavies were over in the East. So I was pretty excited to get over there and see how I could do. So. Yeah, well, and then just going through your thing here, like uh, you said, well, you had Jablonski, and then, well, this is the first time you meet up with Eric Goddard. So you had him, and then you had Steve yeah. Pete there in Red Deer, and, of course, you had Big Mac, Steve McIntyre in Saskatoon. Yeah. You had Hordachuk in Saskatoon. Um, you know, Randy Ponte, Friedrich, Graham Belak, I mean, uh, Brunel in PA. Yeah. Ryan Andres in Yeah, I was tough, and I think, my, well, the first, the first – uh First game I played with Seth, we played Red Deer, and and Pete was there, and I and I fought Pete twice, and yep. I think that I just I think I just got immediate respect for my teammates. <laughs> they all thought I was crazy after that, but uh, yeah, that, that was good, and I was pretty excited. And I think the first, I don't know how many yeah, games I, I, had, I think I fought like, most of the tough guys right off the bat. Well, yeah, your first, well, the, yeah, actually, your first fight with Swift Current was against Goddard. In left. Oh, was it okay? Okay. Yeah. And then, and that was the 27th of November. Then on the 28th of November is when you fought Pete twice. And then Saskatoon comes to town December 2nd and you fight McIntyre and Hordachuk that game. Yeah, so, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, well, you're the only, yeah, I don't, I don't know too many people that would list those guys off and say that's a good time, but I mean, um, well, let's, let's go through that. Oh, I mean, we'll start with Goddard because I was looking it up. I think you actually fought Eric Goddard like 10 times in your career. I think so, yeah. So, and uh, maybe, and once, in, maybe 11, once an exhibition too. Yeah, well, so well, I know we... the one year we fought nine times when he played for Lethbridge and I played for that. We fought nine times. We played each other eight times. We fought each other eight times and then once an exhibition. So I'm pretty yeah. sure you, if you're looking at the stats, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's what it was. Well, now was it just because, okay, I'm, were, you're out to prove something, or you didn't like him, or was it like a personal thing, or was it just uh, you're it was your the Lethbridge man that rivalry? Pretty much is what yeah, it was, yeah. and uh, like I had a lot of respect for him. We'd fought we'd fought that time when I was with Swift, and then we fought in the preseason, and uh, and it, I think it was pretty even, or I don't know, whatever. It was pretty even, and then we the first game in Massanac when we played, uh, I was pretty nervous, and it was my hometown and whatnot, and I kind of. The, the fans in Massanet are great, but they they can be they can be a little tough on their guys sometimes. I mean, they're best fans, but uh, and he and he beat me twice, sadly, in the first game. Like he broke my nose the very first fight. The first fight he broke my nose, and then he beat me, and then I, so I fought him again right away. He beat me again, and uh, I've actually got it on tape, and I can hear the home fans calling me out saying you're bomb amazing. <laughs> but 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 after that, and I I really put a burr under my saddle. After that, um, I didn't win them all. But uh, I did a lot better in the rest of the fights, in my opinion. Like, I thought I did pretty good in the rest of them. Well, well, from the footage I've seen, yeah, I mean, yeah. Well, hell, you got got him back. I mean, you dropped Goddard in one of the fights. Yeah, that was, yeah, that was, uh, yeah, that was kind of a highlight of of that year. Anyways, yeah, that was a good, I mean, and like you said, we didn't like, we had, like, I had a ton of respect for him. And uh, I, I hope he respected me. I know... Um, his last game, pretty interesting story. His last game, uh, we, we were playing them. We all, it always ends messing out Lethbridge every year. And, uh, he, he needed three fights and 
we need he needs 17 penalty minutes to break Brad Meyer's record for most penalty minutes in the season. So he fought Brad Voss, and I can't remember what first or whatever. He fought me. I I, I kind of I wanted to fight him three times, but I think Voss got in there, which whatever gets fought. <laughs> a piece of that too. So so uh, he, yeah. Then I got him. Then I got him in the last fight, and we were lined up at center ice, and uh, he says, "Well, I need." Uh, I need seven minutes to break this record. And I said, listen, or whatever. And so I said, cake, slash me on the back of the legs. I'll go down. I'll tell the ref to give you a slashing penalty and you'll break the record. And that's what I, he slashed me and I went down and then I told the line, I said, make sure you give him a slashing so that he can break this record. And they did. And he broke the record. So, <laughs> well, there you go. It's a dubious <laughs> distinction here. Two hand me so you can get the record. See, there you go. Yeah. Folks. That's classy stuff, but it always struck me like watching because I mean I've seen a million Goddard fights from junior, you know, junior all the way up, and it was uh, um, he never, he no, yeah, he never struck me as like a dirty fighter or anything. No, See, he wasn't like a really good guy, and I like like so we fought nine times that year after the game. He like I, I never talked to him, random, but I went up in the concourse, we shook hands and said good job, and what like he was he was uh, he was not dirty at all. He was not like just a very honest fighter, and and uh, in my opinion, like I, I think he get, like one of the tougher guys to play in the NHL. Like he, oh yeah, I think he gets. Uh, I think they should rank him a lot higher than he is. I mean, obviously I'm biased because I'm, uh, but uh, I think he should be ranked a lot higher than he, than he is. And it was it was always interesting. To, it was always interesting to me with Goddard. It's like when you watch him fight. If it was against kind of. Uh, I don't want to say, but you know what I'm saying. Kind of like a lesser guy. Like a guy that you figure, oh, he's going to stomp him. The yeah, fight was yeah. always sort of even, or he just looked completely uninterested. But yeah. then when it was like a fight against like McGratton or Bugard or something, yeah. he just turned into a killer. Yeah, he did, yeah. Like yeah, when yeah, he got pissy sure. about he shit. And, time. Like he, yeah, he, he did step. Like the tougher the guy, he stepped it up. Like even in the dub there, and I never did see it until later on. I probably when you posted it on that. Internet, but you always heard about him against Pete and how he gave it to Pete. Eh? Yep. And I and I and I watched the fights, and he, I mean it was pretty even. But I would give the edge to Goddard, and, and uh, yeah, he was a real like my opinion was like I thought he was the toughest guy in the NHL for a couple of years, for sure. So. Yeah. Well, speaking of Pete, so like you said, you fought him twice in Red Deer, and I know um, you know we don't have we won't go into it. I mean, everybody knows right now that yeah. Pete, Pete's having a tough go and. You know, hopefully he can find his way and they can get him some help. But uh, on a, on on your note of dealing with him, what what was your feelings on Pete? Like, what was he like to to go to have a couple goes with? Uh, Pete was like, I wasn't. If I was intimidated by anybody ever, it was Pete. Uh, he just had a huge reputation. I, I I wasn't scared, but I like I lost a little sleep in the night when I, if I knew I had to fight him because you know I was gonna fight him. Like it wasn't yep. like I knew I had to and I wasn't gonna. You know, you get that feeling you're going to do it. You're going to face your fear and whatever. And uh, th- those first two fights, uh, they were okay. The one fight, like he kind of he gave it to me, but I had that. It wasn't a very good strategy. Looking back on it, but uh, I, I was like, I'm going to let him punch himself out, <laughs> and I and I kind of did. And then I gave him a good one at the end and cut him. And uh, and he, and he's in the box, and he's and he's uh, he 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 was kind of lippy too, and in the box, and he's chirping and. uh yeah, I got you. I said, well, look at your eyes. And he's oh, yeah. I said, well, next shift I'll, we'll, we'll do it again. And I came, next shift I came right out and fight him again. And I think that gained his respect a lot, actually. But, uh, he was, he was at that time, he was the undisputed, like, other than Goddard, I guess he was the undisputed champ of the league. And, 
a pretty intimidating presence. Yeah, well, and he just did it like right out at like 16 years old into the WHL. Yeah. And, and yeah, just, crazy when he fought Rocky at 16. Like, that was crazy. Like, yeah. who does that as a 16 year old? Yeah. Well, and, he had, and like you said, he had such a rep. I can remember we were at Saskatoon. I went to, I was friends at the, at the time, the owner's kid, and we'd hang out, and he kind of got the, the game notes, you know, or whatever, and it was, uh, you know, and they're kind of going through the scratches, and it's, you know, Joe Schmo, you know, wrist, buddy, ankle, Stephen Pete, stab wound, you know. Like there were stories like, Oh, Yogotherp, like there were stories going around and in that day, like, you know, that was before the internet, like yeah. you couldn't check if those things were true or not, and who knows, but you'd hear stuff about them and like, I probably a fraction of it was true, but like you'd hear all that stuff and what a bad guy, like what a bad I mean, I don't know, I never met him, I, I don't know what he was like or or whatever. Yeah. Well, apparently he got stabbed in like a bar fight in Calgary or something. He stepped in for one of his teammates and got slashed or something. But it was like, we're looking at the game notes, just a stab wound. I'm like, well, Jesus, there's something you don't <laughs> see every day. All right. You know. But yeah, PD, he was a tough dude. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. Hopefully they, uh, that's kind of some, you know, some bad, some sad stuff when you hear about him now. Yeah. But. Hopefully, I mean, hopefully he can get some help and get better. I, I, I mean, I don't know. He's probably, it, where he is, but uh, hopefully he can get better and uh, yep, absolutely, and, and do you know? Hopefully, all the best to him. So. Yep, absolutely. Well, like you said, then the next uh, the next week, Saskatoon comes into town, and you got McIntyre and Hordachuk. There, there's a hell of a duo too. You have to fight now. So, what was it like fighting like McIntyre there? Like, Jesus, you'd need a stepladder to hit his head. I think it, it was. He was a he was a huge man. Uh, uh, I mean, and and I, I know I know Mac a little bit. He lived uh, in the MS not for a bit after, and he played for that. And like, there's not a better guy, yep. like a nicer person in the world than Steve McIntyre. Like, he's just a real nice, like, and just humble. Uh, he, 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 yeah, it was tough. But he was strong, strong as an ox, and uh, uh, real tough guy to fight. And Hord- Hordachuk was tough too. And he, I, I'd seen him; like, he fought. Uh, he kind of shocked his first year. He kind of shocked a few guys, and I saw, saw him fight. Like, Cam Severson fought him in Spokane, and and uh, he didn't beat Cam, but he did a lot better than I thought he would. And he kind of, I know he fought Suter, and he did a lot better against Suter. So I knew he was tough, and I kind of was looking forward to fighting him. I, I really looked forward to fighting the guys who were around my own size because yep. I could fight with a, little, with a little different style. I didn't like I didn't have to try to hold on again inside quite as much. I, I really looked forward to that. So I was I was really looking forward to fighting Ortachuk and uh we had a couple good ones. He was he was kinda like Millette, like he was kinda Yeah, he'd lip you off after and whatever and I mean which that's all fun and <laughs> part of the game, so it was good. Yeah. Well then you fought uh Wade's younger brother Graham. Yeah. He was a tough dude too. He's another big kid. Real tough dude. Yeah, talk about like underrated too. I played yeah. with him in Cincinnati too and like real, real tough guy. Like, yeah. like I, 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 one of, like, uh, Yablonski, they kind of gave, I mean, Yablonski's tough too, but Yablonski, they kind of, but I think Graham was as, as tough as Yablonski in my opinion, but, uh, uh, he just, well, I don't you, know why, Wade's little brother or what the deal was, but. Well, I think all the poundings from Wade, I think that would toughen you up, I would think. Yeah, yeah. But, um, I think he's an RCMP officer now, I think. I believe he is. Graham. Is he? Oh, I, 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 I think he is. Um, and then you want, and then I was going to say, here's a really interesting guy. I want to get your opinion on him. Randy Ponte. 
Yeah. Like, this, he seemed like he played the WHL for 11 years. He did. I, well, I think he played five. I think he, he fought for five years, didn't he? he like, did, I'm pretty yeah. sure he came out of the gate fighting at 16, kind of like uh, well, Pete, but he never grew. Yeah, uh, he, yeah. I think like, he stayed 5'10". Yeah. Well, I know he holds the WHL record for most fighting majors. Yeah, he'd fight. He'd fight like he'd fight anybody. Uh, he was a gamer for sure. Um, I, I think I only ever fought him once, and I, I was really looking forward to that. I didn't know much about him because I hadn't seen Brandon. He was in Brandon. I, I hadn't seen him fight too many times, or at all. I don't think. And but I was looking for it because he was uh, around my size or smaller, and uh, yeah, it was, he was a t- tough game kid for sure. So. Well, that, and that was the big thing back then that people need to, like, you don't really realize now because we just take it all for granted now. But there was no internet or no YouTube and no video. Like, so you're going into these fights cold. Yeah. Like, if you, did you, were you ever, uh, like, was there, did you have access to any footage back then or, like, was I, it? I don't think I did. Like, I, I don't think so, no. Uh, the internet was just coming on, but I don't think, no, there was no, no footage. It was just what you saw. Like, I mean, there's a lot of times you'd uh, read the game notes and see you had a lot of penalty minutes and yeah, <laughs> kind yeah. of hear from where yeah, I mean, it, but yeah, no, word, there was word. no there was no advanced scouting on. Unless you had your own fight tapes, you could watch your own fight tapes from a previous fight. Yeah, and I like to do that to see yeah. if I could learn anything or whatever. But uh, yeah, no no footage if you hadn't seen them before for sure. Yeah, yeah, it's just kind of going through. Oh, I, I see you fought uh, Schaffelmeyer. A few times. There's another big kid. Yeah. And, uh, well, yeah. And, and Craig Brunel. There's another guy. He was a tough dude, yeah. too. Brunel was tough, yeah. Yeah. And then, he, uh, that's one guy I didn't like to play against him but again. He was like one of those. I mean, he's a smaller guy. He played hard and was, uh, pretty intense and he'd get pretty lippy, too. <laughs> yeah. So did I. Hey, so did I. That's the name of the game. So. And then your final fight of the year, um, was with my boy there, Les Borsheim. And Brandon, yeah. old Les, I, yeah. I know Les has listened to this. Les, uh, I hope you're doing good out there in Colorado. Yeah, yeah Les was a, like, I, I'd never seen Les fight either before. And Les was kind of a, like, he was a legend around the league too. I don't, I, I, I never knew him and I've never met Les, but uh, guys would always talk about how big his biceps were, <laughs> how jack he was <laughs> and whatever. And I, I, I don't, I can't really re- remember that. I think I was, we were losing, so I was just looking for, Anything I could find, and uh, and I didn't have to look too far to find last for sure. So I was gonna say you have a good memory. Yeah, that was the only fight of the game, and you guys lost eight three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was different back then. You know, like if you were losing, but like for sure there was you were like there were fights happening. Oh, well, I really now if you instigate a fight in the last whatever ten minutes, Jesus, they want to give you the electric chair now. Yeah. I mean, that's what I, I don't get it. I don't get it. How guys don't even get mad anymore when they're losing like that. It's, well, yeah, like yeah, like no shit. You think you know you're down five? You think you'd want to do something? Yeah. Well, hell, if anything, you just you think you just want to get your fight and get out of there. Yeah. <laughs> well, that too, and I, like, I always thought of thing. Well, they beat you eight one, and you start a bunch of fights. Next time, they're going to think about running the score up on you for sure. Like, exactly. They're going to. Like, it's not going to happen. And, yeah. and that's kind of the police itself where, I mean, all these things don't please. You see teams being, winning 11-3 and whatnot. Well, it gets 5-6-1 in the old days, and there's going to be some brawls. And, you know, yeah. well, a lot that, of guys don't want that. Well, and that was the thing, like, back then. I tried to tell some of the younger guys that, hey, a lot of times, man, like when it was, uh, you know, you started getting up a few goals, 
you know, word got down the bench that, hey, you get to center, dump it in. You know, there's no, uh, yeah. you ain't running the first line out there looking for hat tricks. I mean, the fourth line guys, that's when it's their turn, chance to play, right? Like that's, I said, that's I don't when think, I got my two shifts of the game. <laughs> yeah, well, but nobody, you know, if you have the fourth line guys score on you, it's yeah, okay, whatever, but yeah. when, they, when they start, when coach runs the heroes out there looking to pad their stats, that's when, uh, shit goes south in a real hurry back then. Yeah, absolutely, well, yeah. Well, teams yeah. didn't do that back then, or like you said, or you could do it, but hell was coming if you did it. You know, yeah, yeah, and, and now nothing happens, so you just get the donkey show, and you know, and it's like, like I always say, when there's uh, when there's no uh, no consequences, there's no fear. No, and it, it's, uh, I mean, to me, it's just, I mean, I'm old school, you're old school, and I think this is an old school podcast, so yep. we can talk old school stuff. But I mean, I think it shows a lot of character uh, to see how the even the players react when they're down five one or whichever, like. In the hat, like, a lot of games, I sit where the scouts in the half, like, it gets fine and they leave. They all leave. Well, I think to myself, well, wouldn't this show you what kind of kid this kid is to watch him play when it's 5-1? Is he going to shut her down? Is he going to keep playing? Like, to yep. me, that shows what kind of character a guy's got. Yep. I mean, they're yep. not going to fight nowadays, but you at least could see how hard they're going to play or are they going to quit or... Well, hey, I want, the, if they're down five and it's, a, you know, third game in four nights, I'm a, I want the kid that's still going hard into the corner in the third yeah, period. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's, yeah. So okay, so we're we're moving on from Swift. So over the off season, you get traded to you get sent home back to the farm, back to Medicine Hat. So what was it like heading home? Uh, it was uh, honestly like it was a it was it, like I love Swift, but it was a dream come true for me to play Medicine Hat. I mean, that was as a kid. I mean, I wanted to play in the NHL, but my number one goal was to play for the Tigers. Like I just love the Tigers, yep. and. Uh, we were a young team. They were building at that time, so that was a little uh, tough, but not really. Like the town was really good, and, and stood behind. They could see they could see the comings of a great team. I think we had ten, sixteen-year-olds on that team that year, which yep. is unheard of. That'll never happen again. Uh, and good, good players. And we finished last, but like we did pretty good. The young guys really had a lot of character, and I knew they were going to be in good shape in the future for sure. Now, is that something, had you, like, did you ask Swift to get traded, or did it just happen? Um, kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't really ask, I, I kind of, yeah, I kind of, not, 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 kind of just happened. I didn't really request a trade, but it, it, it happened, so. Yeah, so you weren't, and then, so like you said, you come home, and, uh, yeah, again, you know, a tough team, man, in Medicine Hat, I mean, you know, you had you and like Brad Voth and Conrad Brand yeah. and Scheffelmeyer and, uh, yeah. you know, so it's, uh, you know, kind of go, what, what's your, uh, old Voth or there's another big dude, you know, and he went he over, is, to, yeah. he actually, uh, you know, I mean, he bounced around the minors a little bit and then kind of had a, kind of had a nice run over there in Europe and in, in Cardiff in the UK and, uh, you know, he got like legendary status in Cardiff. Those fans still talk about him over there. He's a, he's another guy that's just a great character, just a real funny, great guy, positive guy. Uh, one of the hardest body checkers I've, I've ever seen. Like he just lay guys out. He uh, he was so big. He was so big, and uh, the team wasn't great. He took a lot of abuse from the fans and that's not unneededly. Like he like I, and, and obviously he showed him the end. Like he had a great career yep. and. Uh, Proof to everybody what kind of like a great player he was. He he was a g- good fighter in junior. Uh, 
I saw him fight again later in the minors, and he got a lot tougher. Yeah. Uh, he worked at it, and, and like I said, just a uh, real fun guy to be around, too, just a real great character. Well, he's one of those guys, yeah, like I can remember when he was 17, 18 in the league. I remember watching him, and it was like, he was like the pervert, you know, the puppy with big paws, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. you knew something was there. It was just, you know, you got to yeah. grow into it, and, you know, you take yeah. some lumpins when you first start, but, I mean, yeah, he certainly, uh, yeah, he definitely grew it. He obviously took it serious. Cause he definitely, yeah, he like, did. Uh, real, get real. Uh, he was in Peoria when I when I was in Cincy, and they had a real tough team. And yep. he, and he he was he was a real like he was legit heavyweight at that time. Yep, so. yep. What um, there's a guy I didn't really see too much of. Uh, what was Conrad Brand like? Conrad was was uh, he was tough, like underrated tough too. Like he'd hang in there with anybody. He didn't. Uh, I don't know if he didn't like. Uh, I wouldn't say he didn't like to fight, or he didn't fight that often. But when he did, like he could hang with anybody. Uh, um, good hockey player, or like a su- again, super like super nice guy. Like just one of the nicest guys you'll meet. Just yep. give you the shirt off his back. Just super nice guy. Uh, yeah, and he, and he underrated too. Like he was tough. He, he'd hang with anybody. Like nobody considered him a heavyweight for sure. I mean, we did on the Tigers, but. Uh, he he dang with McIntyre. I think him and McIntyre, I think, had a real, real good fight one time. Yep, yep. And then the uh the other the the other uh big dude back there, Scheffelmeyer. What was your what's your opinion on him? Uh Chef Chef's uh he another uh, just a great just a great guy. Him and I were stalls. He doesn't talk too much, but uh just a real genuine guy. Uh did his job. Uh I don't know how, how many fights he had, like he's the record holder for most penalty minutes probably fights in tiger history uh just gave everything he had to the tigers and uh just a real like again super super nice guy tough tough as nails fight anybody uh uh filled out a little bit as he got older yep, uh, yep. and uh just a, yeah I, I never saw him when i was 20 i was gone but i'm sure he was pounding guys when he was when he was 19 20 because he he just f- filled out and was uh that he was just skinny when he was younger. That was the only thing holding him back. But yeah, yeah, like you said, grow into it, right? But uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, I was going to ask you, and of course, as you were talking about all the sixteen-year-olds and the young kids, well, of course, a future NHL NHL uh, star, Jay Bowmeister. What what was Jay like as a sixteen-year-old? Could Jay you, was could quiet, you, like he wouldn't. Could you see Jay it, was though? super quiet. You wouldn't know. You'd have no like, just a humble, humble individual. You, You'd have no idea that he was like he was heralded as the next Bobby Orr, and he was unbelievable, unbelievable player, unbelievable skater. Uh, I mean, he made the World Juniors that year at 16 years old. Yeah. I remember, um, Murray Craven was holding out uh, for a contract, and he was a San Jose, so he was practicing with us. And and Murray was a good skater in the NHL. And I remember they were doing a one-on-one, or and Jay. Skate was beating him backwards faster than he could skate forwards, like by quite a bit. And, and he just an unbelievable player. His vision, uh, of course, uh, he's my, uh, I'm biased again, but like I think one of the most underrated defensemen ever to play. Like, yes. In the NHL, I don't, I don't think he gets near the respect he deserves. No. Nope. Like, uh, any team, there's a reason any team in the league would take him in a heartbeat, right? Exactly. Uh, and, uh, just a real good player. And that year when he played for Team Canada, when they won the World Cup, I thought he was the best defenseman on the team that year. Yep. But. 
Well, hey, there's a reason he played. He's played 1,100 NHL games, right? So yeah, yeah, yeah. Made. I'm just looking at his thing, man. That dude's made 67 million dollars. Can you believe that? Has that? Holy cow! Wow. Oh my god! Oh, good for him. Good for him. Well, you gotta. Like, you might have to. Maybe I should give him a call. Going up to Edmonton this summer, maybe he'll take me out for dinner. Well, I was going to say, I hope he's buying. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. protecting his 16-year-old ass back in the day. <laughs> Somebody's got to remind him here, I think. Yeah. All right, well, uh, well so that concludes your uh, your junior run. Um, you still got time? Can we? you want to keep going? Yeah, or? I got time. I'm, yeah, I'm not doing nothing. I don't know if you're sick of hearing me talk or what, so... Oh shit, no! I, I shit, I could talk the ears off a of brass monkey. I could do this all night, man. No, this is awesome. Um, <clears throat> all right, so now we're we're 21 years old. We're turning pro, and you end up in the with the Austin Ice Bats of the Western Professional Hockey League. Now, how did this all come about? Well, uh, I guess I, uh, when I was 20. I wasn't sure if I was going to go to school or keep playing i decided to keep playing and uh uh i probably honestly didn't train as hard as i should have the summer before and uh and again i'm getting i didn't have any options nobody was knocking my door down to invite me anywhere uh but i ended up getting a tryout to milwaukee and then i talked to peoria and they'd won the kelly cup championship the year before so i had agreed to go to camp with them and uh got cut from milwaukee got cut from peoria uh and then I ended up, uh, well, I went to Canada. I mean, going to pro was a real eye-opening experience for sure. Uh, you get treated a lot. Uh, there's a lot. I mean, I'm sure you've heard from numerous guys. They treat you a lot differently in pro. You're not, uh, you're just kind of a piece of meat. I mean, no, I mean, that's, but they, you don't, they don't treat you as well. And, but I ended up in Peoria and, uh, was sitting there in the hotel. The coach said, well, I'll find you a place to play. Uh, and I, and I was sleeping on, uh, on a couch in one of the guys' apartments, and I think I slept there for a week or it's happened to me a couple times in my pro career. <laughs> but I sat there because I'll find you a place, I'll find you a place, and I felt kind of awkward because I was cut off the team staying there. And uh, then he, I don't know, if, uh, my dad got in touch with an agent, and he found me a place in in Austin, and I ended up flying there. So it was, and that was that was quite the experience. I came into Austin, I lost my bags. The, the airline lost my bags coming to the rink and I showed up at the rink and, uh, I didn't have any equipment so I couldn't play and they got dressed and they played in an old rodeo arena. And yep. the dressing room was just an echo trailer outside and <laughs> it's plus 80 degrees outside or whatever. And I show up and I'm like, holy cow, what is this? And, and go to the rink and they get, and upstairs in that rink, I mean, it was a fun, fun place to play. Probably, well, well, a lot too, too much fun. But they had a bar, like a, a band, live band and a bar right upstairs in the, in the rink. And, uh, they play the game and all the players go up there after the game. And I'm coming from junior, you know, things are pretty serious. And, and again, guys, they're giving you drink tickets for beer and, uh, and all that. And it was, it was quite the experience going from, uh, junior to that. Well, and like, uh, well, were you, uh, well, there's a, I know there's, um, I've read it, actually, there's a really good book out there called Zamboni Rodeo, and the author yeah. follows the Austin Ice Bats around for a year and documents yeah. it. Was that the year? No, I, I, that was, uh, that was uh, before I got there. I've read that book, too. Uh, it was a while ago I read that book, but yeah, uh, that was before I got there. It, it was, it, like, it was, the like, it 
any I was too young to be there honestly like it's too much fun that city is like uh, it's unbelievable for if you're looking to get in trouble and have fun <laughs> like it's a, a real great place uh, uh, yeah it's 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 quite the place in some of those rinks down there in, in the south it's uh yeah something I'm glad I went through and something I'm glad I did because it was a real cool experience well I was gonna say like down there though you know especially at that time I mean those folks it's like you know, it's fifty cent draft, and let's see some tilts. You know, yeah, yeah. So they would. I remember though, my one friend who uh, always came and visited me when I went away and played. He came uh, up to Texas. He actually knew a few guys from Texas, and he came and watched. And they were uh, up in the bar, and and, uh, and after the game, everybody's having beer, and, and they were, had big screen videos, and they were playing my flight tape on there. And he just thought I was like the biggest celebrity of all time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is great. Yeah, so. The that was king, pretty cool. That was pretty cool. The king of Austin. Well, it was like, um, yeah. well, I know your coaches there were, uh, what, Brent Hughes and Ken McRae? Yeah, yeah. How were they? They were good. They were good coaches. Uh, um, uh, Brent was, he was intense. He could frost at the mouth once in a while. He was a good guy. Um, uh, good coach. Uh, like, the, I mean, the, the level of play, like, it's, these, the guys who play there are, Older, just playing it out, and they—they're really not taking it that serious, honestly. Yeah. Uh, I was still the mindset that I could still make it, that I was going to make it, that I could still play, and uh, I didn't always behave like that. Like it's tough. It's it's a tough place to play. Like a tough place to play, and we did too much partying and too much drinking, and and uh, but it was fun. It was fun. So. Well, you had. Um... Well, I know, and the one dude, uh, old Ryan Anderson there from Manitoba, I think he yeah. played in Austin for about seven years, I think. He was, a, he was, uh, I think from there from day one to the, when they closed the doors. How, but he was a tough dude. He was always around. He was a tough dude. And, uh, like, he's a minor league legend, skinny. Yep. Skinny, I mean, uh, you could write a book on skinny. I, I don't like, he, he was a little older than me. He kind of took me under his wing. Uh, real nice guy. Like, that's like oh he he was funny like crazy funny like I know uh, I think him and Terry Ryan played together in Orlando and I like I could see them just getting along great like Skinny was uh, he was and I, I haven't seen him for years actually Jer- I just talked to Jeremy Thompson somewhere and uh, he was in Austin I said is Skinny still in Austin because I haven't heard from him. like he's not on social media or anything like I didn't know where he was but he said yeah Skinny's still there and he's uh, Married to a 23-year-old girl, like, yeah, the girls always like skinny, so, yeah, <laughs> he's, uh... And I, I'm trying, I'm just looking at the roster, I see a Jeff Greenlaw, the old Washington Capitol. Yeah. 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 Greeny was, yeah, another tough guy, like, redhead, redhead strength, like, the yeah. first-round draft pick of Washington, and then another guy, like, super nice guy to me, like, uh, yeah, I mean, some, you know, some guys can be in your... Yep. Think there, but he, just a super nice guy to me. Greeny was, and uh, uh, re- and like a really like left-handed, tough. Yep. Um, didn't fight all the time, but when he did, like he, he was mad when he fought, and and he could do some damage. Well, just kind of going through your uh, your Austin tilts here, it was like uh, you know you had a few of the boys, yet you, you know Clint Cabana, uh, Schmier, um, and one guy I got to ask you about, old Winger. Brad Wingfield, yeah, I see you fought him a few times. How'd those go? Yeah, Winger was probably Winger was probably the toughest guy in that league. Uh, I mean, it was a tough league for sure. I mean, guys would always be like, oh, it's a tough league you're coming in. And 
honestly, like a cocky kid, like I was like, I was like, well, these guys aren't as tough as the guys I fought either. Like I, I thought that, and probably a little arrogant, my own part. But uh, Winger was legit. Winger, like, I mean, talk about rumors about Pete. Like there was rumors that Winger weighed three hundred pounds, pure muscle. Like he was, and like he was, he was, he was a tough guy for sure. Yeah, he was probably the toughest guy in that league. Yeah, there was uh, yeah, there were some tough dudes that were like, uh, well, I know you fought. Uh, well, there's another guy that was around. He played forever in the in the Iron Legal. DeGurse, Goose. Yeah. Uh, DeGurse, yeah, he was a tough guy for sure. Yeah. He yeah, he kind of he kind of I don't know if I can remember correctly. Like he got, I think he kind of got the best of me once I slipped or whatever. And that always never that never sat well with me. I. I like I know I never won every fight, but I thought I did. But <laughs> I knew I didn't win that one. So I always wanted to get back at him, and I don't think I ever got a got a chance to get back at him. But yeah, he was he was tough. Yeah. For sure. And then uh, Jason Renard. There's another guy. Yeah, Renard. Yeah, he was he was yeah. That, that was an intense individual on there. It's like that's one guy like you just wanted. Like he did a job. He got on your skin. He was Sean Avery. Like before Sean Avery was Sean Avery. Like you just wanted, you wanted a piece of that guy. And, I think that uh, dude isn't he just like jacked, isn't he? I that's what I've heard. I, I mean, I don't know. I only saw him as I could coming on, but uh, yeah, he played hard. Like he was, uh, yeah, he was a legend too. Like I don't know, it's a podcast, or whatever. And he's probably heard, like his nickname was Retard Bernard. Yeah. That's not politically correct, or whatever. <laughs> but he played hard, and yeah, uh, yeah, he was, uh, he was a minor league legend for sure. Yeah. Oh. Absolutely. I think I might have to put him in the next minor league mayhem tournament. Yeah. I think, I, yeah. Think after all like, this, I think he had like 400 penalties every year, didn't he? Like, oh yeah. Yeah. He was, oh yeah. He was insane. Yeah. yeah. I was just kind of, uh, oh, well, there was the other guy. I didn't, I, oh, you fought him too. Uh, Sprout, Jim Sprout. I did. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that dude that, was around going back too. to that, uh, talking about being down, like it meant nothing. I think we were, we were out of the playoffs. And then I think it was game seven or whichever game we got eliminated and we were down it was the last game. And I was like, well, I don't care. I'm playing this guy. And I like the coaches didn't really like that, but I would, you know, I, I was competitive and I didn't like to lose. And I'm like, well, somebody's going to pay for this. So I went out and fought Sprott and, uh, and, uh, yeah. And he was a big tough guy for sure. Yeah. He, he did it a long time. Yeah. So yeah. you, uh, so we wrap up in uh, Austin, and now we're rolling over to, to uh, over to Cali in the Bakersfield. I will say, you always wanted. Was it a, a, your intention to always go somewhere warm? No, it wasn't. I just got lucky that way. I just mm-hmm. got lucky that way. Yeah. How was that? Uh, what was your opinion? So you go to the West Coast Hockey League to the uh, yeah. Bakersfield Condors, and uh, I, I can't see anything bad. Of, I, I I can't see anything being in Cali being bad. How was your time in Bakersfield? It was good. It was real good. Um, uh, Bakersfield's not like what you typically would think of California. It's, uh, I mean, it's a real great town. It's a real, uh, blue collar town. Lots of cowboys, lots of agriculture. Like, uh, the, I think it at one time was the number one oil producing county in the United States. Like there's pump jacks in the parking lot. And <laughs> actually there's mountains, there's mountains right around the whole city. And, I didn't even know they were there, I think, till a month after I played, because all the smog comes down the valley and settles in Bakersfield. <laughs> so, oh, so, but, I mean, it, it is a real nice place. It is, uh, the people are very nice there, and, and, it, and it is beautiful when it's not smoggy. So. Yeah, so you, uh, so yeah, you kind of, um, yeah, so you fight Yablonski a few times, you fight Spenrath a few, there, Greg Spenrath, there's another guy. I think, I think that guy fought, like, 
everyone all the time. Yeah. Old uh, the Viking. Yeah. How did those? How did how did the tilts against Spinrath go? Uh, I, I, you know, pretty. I think they're uh, pretty even. He was a tough guy. Uh, uh, I think I kind of had to, like a, a lot of guys. Uh, I, I was still pretty young at that time. They, I kind of had to uh, egg guys on, and I don't think that like there wasn't a whole lot of uh, fighting in that league. I, th- I don't know how many games I played. I think I ended up with nineteen, nineteen fights, and uh, I think I was close to leading the league. Because there was not, yeah. I could be wrong, uh, but I'm pretty sure that's what it. Uh, well, I, I know I was leading the league. Like I know I dropped the gloves. I don't think it has. It obviously doesn't have. Yeah, no, it doesn't have for the minor. Like they're they for because like, I've looked at it. They've yeah. got all the junior in the minor. They're missing. Yeah, they're a, missing quite a few in the not in the minors, but uh, but there was uh, like Brad Booth. I fought him a few times that year yeah. too. Did you ever, did you ever fight Ashley Langdon? Uh, I don't think I did. No, I didn't fight Ashley. I I always wanted to fight him. <laughs> I don't think he'd fight me. But uh yeah, no, I didn't fight Ashley. Uh, I fought uh what's that other big defenseman they had? Uh Serge Crochetier I fought. Then I jumped out of the penalty box to fight him after I fought their one guy. Well see you fought Strohshine. Yeah, Strohshine, that's what I'm thinking of Strohshine, yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no that that was a, that was a tough league. It, like the hockey wise was a lot better than the than the Whipple. Yeah. Like it was a lot. There was a lot more because it was California, and there was a lot of guys on the on the bottom end of their career with NHL experience and whatnot who were kind of just playing it out and getting paid. I think they paid a little bit more. So like yeah. the hockey was pretty high level hockey. It was actually really good hockey. Yeah. And uh, and there were a lot of tough. Like there were a lot of tough guys. Like San Diego kind of had the. Like they kind of wanted to be a goon squad, and they had uh, Langdon ran around, and I mean I don't know I don't know Ashley Langdon from a hole in the gun. Like if, I don't know if he's a good guy or not. I mean I, I I mean I always tried to fight him, and I I couldn't get him to go. But but he um yeah oh he was right he, yeah he played in the Quebec League for a while. He's a pretty tough dude. Played, played yeah, lot, him and uh uh well now why can't I think of his name? A little shit that played in the dub. I loved him. Oh goddamn. Oh Willis, Tyler Willis, yeah, him yeah. and him and Willis just beat the tar out of each other one night. I put the video up on my uh, YouTube channel. It's an awesome fight. And uh, yeah, yeah, and then uh, well, then you run into your old boy Yabo again a couple times, and uh, yeah, those yeah. videos are up. I put those up. Those are those are really good fights actually with Yablonski. And then uh, well, and you fought Terry Ryan actually as well. That was a good fight too. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Yabo was tough. Yabo was. Uh... Yeah, yeah, I was a tough guy for sure, and and he's another guy. It's like I don't know him at all, but very respectful guy. Like he's uh, like from when I played with him, like just uh, a good guy. I mean, I talked to him a little bit after, and just a nice. It seems like a nice guy. I don't know him really, but but yeah, everybody. I've never I I met him once. That was a long time ago. But yeah, everybody I've ever I've never heard anybody ever say anything bad about him. Put it that way. Everybody's, yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, just going through the roster, I was just, and I had talked to you earlier about this, but uh, one of the guys you played with was infamous, and uh, yeah. unfortunately, we, uh, you know, the world lost him at a far too young. But uh, the late Sasha Lakovic, what was old uh, the Pitbull Sasha the Masha like? Sasha, Sasha was uh, he was interesting. He was a character. Like he might have been the character of all characters I've ever played with. He was an interesting guy, a good guy. Uh, 
he kind of took me under his wing initially. Like, I really respect him because he played in the NHL, and I really looked up to him and kind of wanted to learn what I could learn from him. And and uh, and he was good that way. He took he took me under his wing and uh, uh, just ripped. Like, he was just, like, yep. built like a bodybuilder. Like, just ripped. And yep. uh, he came in. He came into Bakersfield like a whirlwind. Like, uh, I think they got him kind of in response to San Diego. And, yep. uh they had a tough team and they were kind of running, running us around and, uh, and I like our coach didn't like fighting. He didn't like fighting. Um, I'll make no, like he's, I'm not going to name his name, but he wasn't my favorite guy in the world. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, so you've got Sash and Sash beat, I think he beat up Ashley Lang- Langdon right away. And then he beat up, uh, uh, there's a big guy, played on Long Beach, he just pounded him, and then he was on a roll, I don't even know if he had any fights, but he, he was winning fights, and winning them pretty decisively, oh, and, they were, uh, and he was, you lost he was really into Kung Fu at the time, Yes. and he'd tell me about all this Kung Fu, <laughs> <laughs> and like, it was hilarious, actually, like, he'd, like I mean, it's, I mean, I, I don't want to talk yell about him, because he's not around, and I'm, I'm not talking yell about him, no, I'm no. just telling stories, and yeah, it's funny, yeah. and interesting, I don't think, but like, he was Kung Fu, and I mean, it's kind of been proven, UFC that Kung Fu is not the most useful martial art in the world. But uh he was in and they had shirts made with Sasha's hands on them. And the fans loved them. Just oh, loved them. Yeah. Like like it was crazy. Like they just fell in love with him because he and he loved it. Like he loved being the star and, and he uh yeah, it was it was pretty good. It it was that was a different team. It was a real different team. They uh the majority of the guys on the team had come from Topeka the year before. And they were a real close unit, and it was kind of hard for like me and Sash and some of the guys who weren't part of that group to fit in. They, it was a, it was a, real, it was a difficult team to be on in in reality, and the coach was different. Well, let me put it, talk about minor league. I'll put it tell you a funny story. So first day I show up to camp, coming in, walking in with my equipment, come up to the rink, and there's two guys smoking in the front door, and I'm like, oh, what are these guys smoking here for? And, and uh, go out, and the guys, hey, how are you doing? Are they, um, what's your name? I'm Josh. He's got, the guy's got a smoke. Say, I'm, I'm the coach and, and, and the players, there's like five of them that would smoke before practice every day. And I know they used to do that, but that was kind of out of the game with, at that time. But on that team, it was kind of whatever goes. So. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, yeah, we're doing some real serious, uh, off, off training here. Yeah. Darting, yeah, the, darting yeah. at the front door of the rink. There you go. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so, uh, well, so that's that was that's the West Coast League in Bakersfield. Yeah, and so, by, I mean, I, back to Sasha. I don't know if you've uh, there is a book. Uh, there is a book about I don't know did you, about that team. Uh, Ken right. Baker wrote that year, and there's some pretty interesting stories about Sasha in there. And I don't know if you want to hear a funny story. Yeah, that's absolutely interesting. Yeah. Okay. I mean, this this it, it's in the book, so I'm not. Uh, I don't even know that. So they wrote a book about the Bakersfield Condors. Yeah, we had we had, actually we had a, a goalie who. Worked for E. The guy uh, Ken Baker's his name. He's been on E News for years and years. He played. Uh, he's actually wrote a few bu- few books. And he came to our team, and he was the third goalie, and was going to write a book about the season. He had a brain. He had a tumor, and got it removed. And it's a pretty interesting story in itself. And uh, good guy. I roomed with him in camp. He's a real nice fella, and uh, worked for People Magazine and all this stuff. So that was his deal. He was going to write, a, trying to get, and he played for the. As a kid, he played at Colgate and uh, the U.S. Junior National Team, and then he had a, a the tumor where he 
he couldn't create hor- hormone. But that's uh, fucking it's all that's pretty interesting if you want to look at man-made. It's called Ken Baker's the fellow's name. The the book is called They Don't Call Hockey in Heaven, and he wrote about our team that year. And uh, so I don't, I'm pretty sure he tells this story in the book. But so we were in Alaska and. We were playing Alaska, and they had, uh, what was it, Chad Richard on their yep, team? Was yep. their big, tough guy? That guy's a monster. Yeah, yeah, big, big tough guy, yeah. And uh, so we are playing them, and we played them two games in a row. And Sash, I think I think Sash was getting sick of fighting, honestly. I think he, it was getting to him, the pressure was getting to him, or I don't know. And, uh, and the team, like I say, the team was, to be honest, the team was not that accepting. They kind of... Uh, whatever, and, and Sash was kind of on his own, and a couple other guys, and and uh, and so Sash comes up with this idea before the before, this is at the time of the uh, uh, XFL. Yep. So he's so he's talking to all of us before the game, and he's talking to me, and he he's got this idea he wants to turn the West Coast Hockey League into the into the XFL of hockey. So <laughs> <laughs> so he's like, uh, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do these fake fights and all this stuff and all this like wrestling stuff and and I'm like I just I was just like I was looked up to Sash and I was I was just like okay whatever Sash like, I wasn't going to do it but I was like okay whatever Sash and uh, I think guys were kind of like what the, what's going on here and uh, so I, in the first period he fights Chad or uh, yeah Richard and they have a fake fight and everybody could tell it was fake and we're like what the hell is going on here and then I and then I think that I don't know if they had one or two, but they had another one. And then between periods, and guys, finally our captain said, "Like Sash, what's going on here? Like, uh, what do you? Why, what, what's going on in Sash? Ah, we're, I don't know." And it, it was it was it was pretty funny and interesting and bizarre to say the least. Oh yeah, uh, and just kind of uh, <laughs> it's a funny story on the roads of the minor league. The things you see and the things people try. And I mean, Sash was a character. Like he was probably onto something. Honestly. He was probably onto something, but uh, I guess some of the guys still thought it was pretty serious hockey. So, well, I was gonna say though, if you if you actually did that right, and you kind of worked the fights, but didn't let the crowd in on it, you know, like let them still yeah. believe, and you kind of make it, you know, almost like pro wrestling. Yeah. Well, they say like I don't know. You know more about the Quebec League than I do, but they say. Yeah. That was kind of happening there, wasn't it, sir? Uh, no. <laughs> no, no, no. Those are real fights. They, uh... yeah, they were real, but they were set up like. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, they? yeah. Like I, I've heard that from a few guys. Oh yeah, no, they. Yeah, it was get your two fight. Well, because a lot of teams paid per fight. Yeah. And they and they pay cash, right? So yeah, it was. Uh, okay. Oh yeah. Oh, it was completely all set up. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Oh, that was. Oh, well, speaking. Well, since we're talking about it, were you ever contacted to play in that league? I, I was actually, uh, yeah, and it's a funny story too. So I, I think I, who was I with Bakersfield or Cincinnati? And I'd, I was spent for nine games. So I was going home. I was with Bakersfield actually. So they, they said, okay, you can fly home for Christmas. It was during Christmas break. So on my way to the, hold on, did you, uh, hold on. Did you get suspended on purpose so you can go home for Christmas? I, <laughs> I, did, I didn't, but you know what? I wasn't that upset about it. Yeah. <laughs> you were so asking like for a different team. Yeah. I honestly wasn't like yeah, it was a it was a different situation at Bakersfield team, but I wasn't that upset that it was Christmas time. I was happy to see the boys, anyways. But uh, no, it wasn't intentional. It wasn't intentional. One of I, we were 
one of the guys was getting beat and I jumped out of the penalty box and helped him. He wasn't the nicest guy on our team and he was an older veteran that kind of like abused the younger guys, but I ended up helping him anyway. So, so whatever. But, uh, uh, yeah. So anyways, I was on my way home driving to the airport and I can't remember which team contacted me. It was whoever's, uh, Steve McIntyre was playing for. He had told them. He yep. saw me. Sorrell. So yeah. I, th- I think I was, I was pretty sure I was leading the West Coast in fights at the time. Or, I, I can't remember, whatever, I can't remember which lead I was in, but, uh, uh, and I said, well, how many fights are you getting in? He says to me. And I say, uh, one every, one every two games. Which wasn't true. I wasn't getting in that many fights, but I just thought I'd tell him that. And, and he says to me, oh, that's it? <laughs> what, <laughs> what kind of a cycle league is this? I'm thinking to myself, like, no thanks. And then he listed off all the guys, all the guys on the, on the team and I'm like legit, like 10, 15 legit heavyweight guys. Yep. Like, holy cow, like, at the time I was still, I think only 22, 23, I thought I still had a shot, so I was like, well, no, I, I don't want to do that, but sweeten the deal, like you said, offered to pick me up with a limousine with strippers in it and all this stuff, and like, holy cow, yeah, it was quite the deal anyway. Great, interesting. So. Oh, yeah, it's, hopefully as the, uh, podcast goes on i'll get a few characters from the quebec league to uh to get on here yeah some of the stories yeah that would be a good listening for sure oh man patrick cote and joel theoro and Spasse and all those guys yeah that uh oh morasti yeah the stories of those guys are oh yeah i imagine the, yeah the shit that yeah. went on well and especially at that well because right when you were playing that was kind of oh two oh three the league hadn't really kind of got going yet like it was going but Kind of, it was right around 05, 06. That's when like the money really started to fly. And like there was yeah. dudes, like John Morasti was like, you know, he, dude is making two grand a week. You know. Holy cow. Yeah. They, I can't remember what, it was good money. They, they, they were offering me way more than I was making there. Oh, yeah. But like I said, at the, and I mean, honestly, I didn't, uh, like I like fighting, but I, I didn't really want to be part of that. I didn't. Yeah. Well, I remember, I remember talking to Mel Engelstad about it. And I mean, they tried to, they wooed him and they were throwing buckets of money to get old Mad Mel to come down there. I mean, he would have been a hero in Quebec, but even yeah. he was like, Jesus, that league's too crazy, man. You know, like. Yeah, it's a side show. I mean, that, there's doing things and there's hockey and I mean, you still consider yourself a hockey player and yep. you start doing that, it gets a little, uh, gets a little gray. Yeah, well, it's, it's certainly, um, it, uh, yeah, it's different, right? You can't, you definitely it's different. Can't, yeah, I mean, yeah. You, you have to kind of view it, um, it's almost like an altered reality. Like it's, uh, yeah, you know, it's a little, well, and, and, but the one thing that people do say, um, that is untrue is a lot of times, like it always has the reputation, well, obviously, deservedly the reputation that it has, but a lot of people go, oh, it's a beer league. Uh, no, yeah. no, no, no. It's, the, there's a lot. Once the fighting is over and they decide to play, yeah. there's some really good players in that league. Yeah, other than, the, other than the 15 legit heavyweights. Yeah. <laughs> like, I know a few good players that played in that league, like, good. Like, I was like, how are these guys even, like, do they have an understanding that nobody's gonna touch them or what? <laughs> like, just, yeah. Well, yeah, I, I mean, like, that one team, the one year, the Quebec Radio X team, I mean, they had a million dollar payroll. Holy cow. Oh, I mean, you had, like, well, at the time, you had, like, Sylvain Bluen and Remy Royer, and you had Eric Fischel and Nett, who legitimately was two years removed from the Islanders, you yeah. know, and, like, and like a lot of the French guys that played in Europe came back, 
so they could come home, right? Sleep in their own home, yeah. sleep in their own bed every night. And you're making like, you know, 1500 two grand a week, play two games, no practices. The sh- trips are all short. And, and a lot of times at that point, you could get on with your life and like kind of get a real job, you know, or some guys yeah. went to school yeah. Yeah. and, and, you know, and then all of a sudden you're making, you're working a real job during the day and then you're making two grand a week playing hockey. I mean, you're farting through silk. That's some pretty sweet money. Yeah. But the thing is, if you For were going to sure, be a, yeah. if you were going to be a fighter, you had to, it was understood that you're fighting twice every game, and there's no yeah, you did. You didn't make it, it easy. You had to earn your paychecks. Right? Oh yeah, and and it was funny because the fighters were like the sought after players. Like if there was a huge trade, it was like the two tough guys got traded. It wasn't Johnny Goldscore. Nobody gave a shit about that. It was like, no, let's load up and see how uh, see who we can get. <laughs> but uh, well, so your your final year. O two O three, you roll into Cincinnati, into the East Coast League. So, uh, what was your uh, what was your dealings like in Cincinnati? Uh, it was good. Like uh, Cincinnati was a, like a really good bunch of group of guys. Really, uh, really good group of guys. Uh, uh, the coach was a good guy, Malcolm Cameron. He was a really really nice guy. Uh, good coach. Uh, pretty tight knit group of guys. Uh, is there a big city? Real big city. Uh, yep. I probably uh, pissed off a lot of drivers on the freeway. I know, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it was uh, it was fun. And, and we had we had uh, we had some like we ended up having a real tough team there too because like San Diego before Peoria just uh, through the atomic weapons they had like a super super tough team. I, they had Gillies, Yablonski, Voss, Anthony Belza, who was a tough guy. Like they <laughs> yep. had a super tough team too. So in response. We kind of got a lot tougher. We had Nori and Bielak, Bob Crummer, Terry Ryan. Uh, yep. We we had a tough team too, and uh, a oh, pretty Nick, good team. Actually. Nick Bootland was playing there too, huh? Yeah, Bootland too. Yeah, he was tough. He was game for sure. Yeah. Oh, I was going to ask you. Uh, I was just noticing now you had Mike Henderson playing there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's, oh, that's a different guy. I thought that was the yeah, guy. Yeah, it's different, Mike Henderson. I'm yeah. like, is that the guy from Laval? No, no, that's not the guy from the the Chiefs movie. No. no. <laughs> um, Cause that, well, that guy from the Chiefs, Henderson, he played. I can't remember where he played. I thought it was East Coast League. Anyway, oh, I see Garrett Prasovsky was there too. I know Garrett. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Old pro. Um, yeah. So, uh, well, like you said there, what, my boy there, Terry Ryan, you played with uh, Tr. What was that like? How was Terry? Uh, Tr was good. You like, honestly, one of the most charismatic guys I've ever met. Like just. Bring a room together, funny. Uh, uh, he can tell a story. Stick up for you. Like I knew him. Like he'd played in uh, Idaho with Chris Graff. Yep. So when we'd played them, we kind of got together and uh, had a couple drinks at a restaurant. Just the nicest guy, and I kind of looked up to him. I mean, he's not that much older than me. I had only a couple of years, but from playing, you watching him play junior, I'd really looked up to him. And just a real nice guy. Told the funny like. You got to get like his stories. Uh, you got to tell him. He's got the funniest stories. Like. I've seen, he should be in show business for sure if he's not already. Uh, just a good guy, good team guy, do anything for you. Uh, unfortunately that year he was having a lot of knee troubles, I think, and it was really bothering him. And, uh, they ended up getting rid of him, I don't know, halfway through the season or something, but, uh, definitely grateful, uh, that I could play with him and, and, uh, say I played with him. Terry Ryan for sure. So. Yeah, well, he's got some stories, and I've always said this, and you know, and I've I've got to 
you know, as as Twitter's gone, I've talked to Terry privately a lot, and we've got to get him on the show too. I mean, what a storyteller! But it was uh, um, I've always said how that guy doesn't have a show on Sportsnet. Yeah, I don't know. It's like criminal, like with the amount of yeah. like the, some of the goofs they have they've given shows yeah. to, and it's like you can't yeah. really like oh he'd be great. Yeah, he always be fly. I I can't believe he hasn't either. It's it's crazy. Like, yeah, I mean he actually knows what he's talking about a little bit. Well, of course, so. yeah, yeah. What? Yeah. Uh. So, well, we're just kind of we'll we'll quit. I'm I'm taking up a lot of your time here, but uh, oh no worries, I am no worries. I was uh. This might I might have to turn this into a two parter here. We're really we're really well not really. I guess we're at an hour. <laughs> well, hour and a half. Yeah, people probably tuned tuned out a long time ago anyway. So well, well, we're talking. To, I'm hey, I'm enjoying this. So what the hell? <laughs> well, yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, <laughs> but uh, your first fight in Cincy, I was going to ask you was uh, against Brandon Fleener. Um, he was a big dude, man. I've seen a lot. He of was him. a big dude. He was a big man. Like uh, I remember, like I, I don't have any videos of those ones, but I remember it was a good fight, and I, I just remember he was. Yeah, how strong he was! Like he's a big, strong man. Uh, uh, he was a, he was one of the top heavyweights in, that, in the East Coast that year for sure. I'd I'd, I'd never because he didn't play in the dub or anything. I'd never really heard anything about him before. Uh, I just kind of saw he was their leading family man guy, so I went out or he went out. Whatever, we ended up fighting, and uh, yeah, he was a, he was a strong, tough guy. Yeah, so he, I ended up uh, actually playing with him in Toledo. I ended up in two games in Toledo. Yep. And he was there, and, and uh, real quiet guy, but real nice guy. Yeah, he played, yeah, he played in the uh, BC League. Uh, yeah, with Chilliwack yeah. and uh, Langley. I have a few of his BC fights up, and yeah, he. Uh, well, him and Langdon, I think, were on the Chiefs together. I mean, what a duo that would be in BC. Fleener and yeah, Langdon coming after you. But um, another guy he fought was a really big dude. Uh, was TJ Reynolds? Yeah, TJ was tough. Like, uh, there's a couple. Uh, punches i remember in my career and uh tj gave me a pretty good concussion and uh yeah he was a and i i did i did not see him fight i didn't have i didn't know what he was about i didn't have like great respect for him i should have definitely because he, he he dinged me good and i was concussed pretty good after that one um him and uh the only other the only other guy that hit me that hard was jordan fidel actually in moose jaw and uh yeah he was a tough guy for sure tj well, and then your last fight of your hockey career was against a legend. Do you know who yeah. it is? Do you remember? Yeah, I, I remember. Yeah, I was Danny Vial. Yeah. Yes, sir. How'd that go? Uh, good. It's funny story about that. So our coach Malcolm Cameron had coached Danny the year before, or at some time before. So we're sitting in the dressing room at practice, and we got to go to. Uh, Carolina, wherever it was, I forget where the time. Carolina, I think, where they played. And we're all sitting in the dressing room. He rolls in a VCR like your old, uh, elementary school days on wheels into the dressing room. <laughs> and we're like, oh, what's going on? He pops in Danny Vial fight tape. And like, well, Danny there, VCR, like I, didn't, I didn't realize. I'd watched him fight. He was that tough. Eh? Like he was yep. beating guys up and like NHL guys. And we're all sitting there with our jaws dropped and we're looking at each other. Like, so. What, what's trying? To, what's our coach trying to tell us? I don't know. <laughs> and I just got the bench. Well, okay, I guess. I guess I'm gonna have to fight him. I don't know. And I mean, it wasn't like we didn't have a whole bunch of other tough guys on our team. But I was like, okay, I'm gonna go get him. And I really wanted to fight him because I wanted to show. You know, well, I can. Be, you know, what are you doing? Show, show him this video. I can get this guy. And uh, 
we ended up fighting, and I'd actually broken my hand a couple of games earlier in a fight, and I didn't tell, I told the trainer not to tell anybody, and he'd given me cortisone shots in the hand so I could keep playing. And uh, I was done a couple of fights after I was using my left instead, and uh, but against Denny, I'm like, well, I'm gonna have to use my right hand. Like this is not gonna work. So I ended up we ended up going for a while, and I and I hit him, and my phone popped right out of my hand, like really bad. And and I was like, oh, that hurts. And I and I said to him, and he kind of kept going. I said, my hand's broken. He kind of kept going. I said, no, no, like we, my hand's broke. I can't fight you anymore. And he was good about it. Like I was kind of in shock already. And he was good. But he was like, okay, okay. And the ref came in and looked, and the, the bone was sticking right up and whatever, and and. Real bad break, and he's like, oh, yeah, they took me right off. Or took me to the penalty, I don't know, I can't Took me off right in the penalty box, and that's how my fight with Danny and Bial went. But at least I can say I fought Danny and Bial, so. Absolutely. Yeah, and, uh, well, so then after that, you end up in, uh, in Toledo for the two games, and was it, uh, was that just the end of the year, or was it just, uh, did you just have enough and call it a day, or? Well, you... actually, how that worked, that's more minor league stuff, minor league chaos going on. Actually, what happened was, uh, uh, it was in Cincinnati, like I started out, actually started out in Little Rock, Arkansas. They released me. Cincinnati, coach from Cincinnati, okay, we want you in Cincinnati. So I show up in Cincinnati, but they still had too many guys. I said, you gotta wait around for a little while until we get rid of a guy. And again, I was sitting on a couch, playing on the team, <laughs> at least practicing this time. He's a guy, we're gonna get rid of somebody and bring you in. So okay, they did that, brought me in. I played, I don't know how many games. Uh, they ended up releasing me. And, and Toledo picked me up right away. So I went to Toledo and, uh, I really liked Cincinnati. Like I really liked the guys there. I really liked that team. So I went to Toledo, played two games. Uh, Claude Noel was a coach there. He was a good coach. They released me. I don't know why. Uh, after two games, cause like I said, that's how they treat you in minor league. Like well, that how, was one thing that really, really bothered me about minor league is they pick guys up for two, three games, get rid of them. Two, three games, get rid of them. Yeah. And they do it all over. Like, I mean, I call the chaff for chaff. Like, so you're not really making your team better. But what you're doing is just making life hard on guys. And if you, a team actually would show loyalty to a team, those teams were the teams that actually did a lot better, I thought. But they did, every team did it. I don't know why they did it. They had to make it look like they were trying to get better. I don't know. But, uh, so, so I went to Toledo. Taylor reached me after two games. Malcolm Cameron calls me back again, says, can we want you back in Cincinnati? But we still got to release the guy again. So I sat again in Cincinnati, just practicing, waiting for them to release the guy so they could get me on the team again. So so I ended up two stints in Cincinnati. And uh, then after I broke my hand, I was out for a while. And Danny, I was out. That's why I only played whatever, 28 games. I was out for a while, and I was sticking around. And uh, I was better, but I wasn't playing. And, uh, did something that I regret. I went in and I, and I said to the coach, like, what's going on here? You gotta play me. Uh, like, I'm not just gonna sit around here for nothing. Like, and, uh, he said, no, sit around. He convinced me to stick around for a while, but I never ended up playing again. So. And so, uh, and, and so you go home at that, at the end of the year and it was just, it was kind of just like time to get on with life and, it was, it was, and like, like I said, like, I, it's, it's a tough, I, I mean, I, I don't know, like, I can't, it was time, I, I, I ranch here, and my family's got a ranch, and that was kind of waiting for me, and I love ranch, and I was excited to get going at that, and, uh, uh, 
and it was it's a tough goal like it, it was tough in Cincinnati and Bakersfield was really tough uh the coach there didn't treat me well at all. Like he just, I, I mean, I have no qualms saying that. Like if I saw that guy, it would not be go good for him for sure. Uh, <laughs> I think I ended up sitting out six games in a row without getting one shift. And uh, the the captain comes to me and the guy's like, "What's going on here?" The coach was he was he was a real pussy to put him like he was a real pussy. He didn't like fighting. I'd look at him and there'd be guys going on. I look at him like, "Are you going to let me on the ice?" I couldn't even. He wouldn't even let me on the ice to go fight. So I think I went about six games though getting a shift finally, and I shouldn't have let it get that far. That's my own fault. Uh, but I went in and I really, and I really give it to him. And I, and he, uh, he ends up saying, yeah, you're right. You're right. It's all, yeah, I'm going to play more. You're going to, you're going to be able to play. We're leaving for Colorado the next morning. I show up at the airport at five in the morning. I don't even think he told me he got the trainer to come over and tell me that, that they'd released me. So oh. I, he didn't even have the ball to tell me to my face. Uh, uh, and t- tell me, but, uh, that, I mean, that's, uh, I mean, whichever, you gotta get over that stuff, but that really soured me quite a bit. And it was right, right around the time where they couldn't pick, I mean, I think a team could have picked me up, but it was right at the end, and I'm sure he didn't tell anybody any good things about me for sure. But, uh, but yeah, that's an unfortunate, and that's kind of why it's, it's, it's definitely a great lifestyle, and like, you don't realize how good you got and how easy it is playing hockey, but it, it's, it's, uh, it's got its tough good things to about it. So, yeah, well, it's, the, it's like the it's that's the unglamour. It's the it's the part the fans don't see, right? Everybody yeah. just sees the guys in the ice and and wish you know every and, and when we're all playing growing up, that's all you want to yeah. do. Hey, I can go to a rink and get paid. This would be great. But yeah. the unfortunate reality is, is like you know, like you said, living out of a U-Haul and getting treated like shit. And and uh, I mean, you can't beat it. Don't get me wrong, you can't beat it. And you shouldn't complain in hindsight. We'll tell you that when you're done. But I mean, it's not all sunshine and roses and rainbows and all that. Like it's, there are some greasy things that go on for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, well, I was going to ask, like just that we're not, you know, I'm not telling you to, you know, you're telling us your tax returns or anything, but just in general, like just for people listening, like when you were in Austin, give or take, like what were dudes making? Like how much? Oh, not very much. I was in Austin. I was making like the, the rookie minimum, and not a lot. Like the, the only the only way you could. Uh, Why well, I don't. I mean, I don't care what. It, I mean, I, like I think I was making four hundred dollars a week. Yeah. And uh, uh, well, a few guys were the top guys were probably making like fifteen hundred a week or thousand a week, which even then is hard to live on. But they paid. They, what they did is they did pay for your permits, and if you were smart, you could. Like Austin, they they had a really good fan spot. You could find free deals all over the place. Like, yeah, you're 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 really making peanuts. You're doing it for the love of the game, and yeah, yeah, and uh, that's about all you're doing it for. Yeah, well, I know they always. I knew a couple guys that played in uh, Oklahoma, uh, and this like back in the day in the minors, that was a good place to play because it was like a huge, like they'd get ten thousand people at those games because there was they were the yeah. only game in town, and that was a huge, you know, huge. Uh, huge place and uh but they were saying like oh the sponsors were great like the like those guys didn't have to get their they didn't have to touch their wallet they, they could get yeah. shit for all over they the guys that have been there for a few years oh they knew where all the deals were and how to set yeah. up and yeah yeah for oh. sure yeah and you had to find the veterans and they'd tell you right you did that was the perk you could get a, like, a car cheap or whatever and yep. uh, i mean even for those older guys it's not like 
at that time, I still thought I had a shot to go somewhere, and that's kind of what kept me in it. Yep. I was uh, thinking I could move up. I, well, I wasn't. I really was. I did not worry about the money. I was like, I just want to play and prove myself and move up. Uh, I'll be able to get by on free free KFC somewhere, you know, yep. deal or whatever. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's uh, you're not getting rich for sure. And in, in those lower leagues, East Coast, I think was the same thing. Uh, at that time, anyways, I don't know what it's like now. Yeah. Well, so that's uh, so that's the uh, career. That was uh, man. That was some good stuff, man. Good stories and stuff. Uh, just to, uh, I won't keep you too much longer. Just to close it out, but uh, uh, we'll just kind of get away from the fighting a bit. Uh, I, I think I we kind of talked about it before, but just off the top of your head, who was the best player you uh, you played with? Played with uh, Jay Bolmeister, yeah. probably. I would yeah. say. Uh, that I played with, yeah. I mean, I played with some good guys, uh, in their own right at their own level, but Jay was, yeah, probably the best. Well, like you said, 1100 games proves that, right? Yeah. So, yeah. uh, well, and who was the best player you ever played against? Played against, I'd have to say Marion Hosa. Uh, when he played for Portland, we were Spokane, we were like 1 2 in the CHL, and, uh, they ended up beating us. Uh, we didn't get to the Memorial Cup final, but he was, he was doing things back then, like, I mean, guys do it now, flip the puck up in the air and all that stuff, but, like, he was doing stuff, you just be like, holy cow, like, what is this, like, this is amazing. So, yeah, I would say he's the best player I played against. Now, was there a guy that, you know, and like I said, we're not trying to sewer anybody or anything, but it was like, was there a guy that you, like, oh, this guy's going to make it for sure, and he never did, that surprised you? Like, Well, oh, yeah, well, I could, I could say Pavel Brendel in that case. Yeah, for sure. Like, I thought Pavel Brendel was a... Like a can't miss prospect. Like the guy could score from anywhere. He could skate, shoot. Like I thought, there's no way this guy's not making the NHL. I don't know if uh, you heard stories around. Like I think he liked to party and drink and all that. And maybe that caught up to him. I don't know, but uh, oh, yeah. I, yeah, that's the guy for sure that sticks on my mind. And that yeah, didn't he have like seventy some goals one year? Yeah, it was crazy. Like he'd score. Like honestly, like the guy could do it all. Like I on the power play they just set him up in the slot and he like his shot was unbelievable and he beat you with the speed on a breakaway yeah i think at he had uh yeah yeah i think he had 70 yeah whatever 76 goals or yeah it was it was crazy it was crazy score from anywhere it was like brett hall with wheels like i thought this guy this guy's gonna be unreal but uh i don't know whatever happened to him i'm not sure i think he played i don't even think he played that long of in Europe, did he? I, I don't know. I can't remember. I remember he was kind of in Philly for like a second, and then you never yeah. heard from him again. You know? It yeah. Was, uh, but yeah, I remember when he came to Saskatoon a couple times. It was like some of the bitch was on a breakaway every shift, it seemed. Like he'd sort of camp yeah. out at center ice, and the next thing yeah. you know, he was he gone, would, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. And it was, uh, yeah, he was, uh, yeah, Calgary had, man, what a lineup they had when he was there. Yeah, they had a great team that year, yeah. Oh, there's another guy in Calgary I wanted to ask you. I know you fought him a few times. I didn't ask you before, but that Ryan Anders. Yeah. He, um, yeah, I think I, I think I only fought him once, uh, in Swift. Um, he was, I was, he was a tough guy for sure. And I was another guy. He was about my size. So I was really looking forward to fight him. And I, we had a, we actually had a really, a really good fight. Uh, I don't know. It's, uh, yeah, we had a really good fight there. Uh, when he, when I was with Swift and he was with Calgary, it was, uh, I, I, for some reason that one sticks out in my career. I, I always remember that one. It was real. It was a real fun one. Yeah, I liked. I was always a fan of Anders. He kind of bounced around a little bit, but he was a. Uh, and he'd fight anybody too. Like yep. he wasn't the big. I mean, he was thick. Uh, wasn't tall, but uh, tough player and fight anybody. And and uh, honest player. Yeah. 
Well, I will kind of wrap things up. I'll just ask you what, well, you kind of made mention of it before, but what, like, uh, going, uh, do you, do you watch it all anymore? Or are you, uh, are you kind of, uh, like, do you pay any attention to hockey anymore? I do. Like, I, I do. I, I, you know what? My kids are playing and I'm yep. coaching. Um, I, I want, I've been watching, I've always watched the Tigers, uh, and WHL and, and my, like, I coached, uh, midgets for a little while and, uh, uh, I've always watched the, the NHL. I watch playoffs. Uh, I don't religiously follow it. I do more now that my kids are into it. I'll watch it. Uh, and and now that I'm coaching, just to kind of, uh, it's different. It's a different game. It's not going to be what it was. No. In in the past, um, I don't know if that's I don't know if that's good or bad. I don't know. Uh, for what what we know now about concussions and whatnot, it'd be. I, I kind of understand the way it's going. Is it as entertaining to guys like me and you? No, absolutely not. No. But, uh, but it's still the speed and the skill of it. I've, I've kind of, uh, really learned to appreciate that and kind of, uh, watch that. And I watched, I watched a lot of the playoffs this year and you know what? It, I, I was entertained. So, so maybe I'm coming back, but I was like you for a while where I really didn't, uh, didn't watch a lot of it, but but it's certainly it's. I mean, what the kids can do nowadays is amazing, though, isn't it? It is. It is amazing. It's a, it's a different skill. They're different mindset, like different players. Uh, it is ama- It is amazing. And with coaching young kids, like I've really uh, personally got into the skills aspect and how to coach that and uh, gain appreciate like the knowledge that's out there and the the coaching that's available now. Like I'm just like, oh god, if I could have had this when I played, I might have been yeah. able to do something right but uh for the knowledge and training uh, or just how they train yeah now, right? yeah and just uh i mean and, and and back then when we played too like it's just different now and i mean kids got to do that to keep up uh but the, the culture of hockey has changed i was probably kind of the last generation generation of where you know guys drank a lot too much party yep. too much yep. i mean there were guys that worked out hard and it was kind of coming but uh in the minors for sure. Like I I remember the first bus trip I had in Austin, we're coming home and the coach like, Yeah, let's stop for beers and I'm like, What? We're stopping for what? Like we're drinking beers on the bus? <laughs> like this is crazy. With our best player, unbelievable player, one of the best players I've ever seen, but drank too much. We had to carry him off the bus at, at the end of the road trip, drive him home because he couldn't get off the bus and it was like Coaches didn't care. Like I'm like, holy cow, where am I now? But uh, yeah, it was. Uh, it's different. It's changed a lot, and for the better, probably in a lot of ways. So yeah. Well, at the at the after it's all said and done, how are how are you feeling? How are the hands? Good, good. Yeah, I'm 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 all I'm good. I uh, I boxed a little bit even more after I after I quit playing hockey for a little while, and uh, hands are okay. Uh, Broken them riding horses a couple times and stuff, but the, not that I can't complain. I'm I'm all I'm all good. I'm one of the, the lucky ones, I guess. I don't know, uh, but uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm fine. So so you kind of tell tell the kids uh, do as I say, not as I did, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, as much as I can, they've got their own nature in themselves, and uh, the one is pretty aggressive. So. Well, what do they think when they when they're when they watching the old man's fight tapes? What do they, they ever say anything? Um, not really. I mean, they yeah, they kind of like it. Like, I think I still kind of coach, but I've not coached. Like, uh, I'm actually I don't know if you know Kale Cassie plays. I'm helping him out 
boxing right now. I still kind of work out boxing at the gym, and they come down and box me a little bit, and they, uh, they don't really, it's kind of, they've always kind of seen that, and they don't really think much of it, actually. So. Yeah. Are you a UFC guy? Um, I'm, I'm, I'm not, uh, I, I do like UFC. I watched UFC on boxing. I, uh, I was actually helping out coaching boxing at a UFC gym for a few years, and, uh, that was really interesting, and I never fought or anything. I trained a little bit and whatever, and, uh, had a lot of fun with that, but, uh, I kind of, if it was around when I was younger, I, I'm sure I would have tried it out. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I like boxing and UFC and I kind of, I like kind of all combat sports, wrestling and all that stuff. Uh, I'm a cat fan of all that stuff. So they, I, you got, you and Yablonski should have had the cage fight. There you go. Yeah. I, I wouldn't have been in his weight category, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, uh, yeah, would you? I think you won that the Idaho belt or something in about ten seconds. I think. Yeah, I've seen I've seen it on YouTube. Yeah, like uh, yeah, yeah. He's a, yeah, he did good. I don't know how, how many fights he ended up having, but he the ones I saw, he sure did good. So yeah, he did. Yeah, old Yabo hit. Uh, yeah, he's a different dude, man. Yeah, there's uh, man, that, there's another guy that's just jacked up. Holy yeah, yeah. And uh, well, Josh, uh, yeah, we kind of went. Uh, I appreciate you taking the time to uh, sit down and uh, and go over your career. That was a, that was a hell of a ride, man. Well, it was a, you know, it was a pleasure. I don't know if I've ever talked about myself so much. I don't know. That's uh, <laughs> crazy. I'm honored. I'm honored to, to be on here and be the first guest for you. And I just want to tell you, you do a great job. You're the best, the best follow on Twitter, bar none. Uh, like your knowledge of fights and all, it's crazy. Like I thought I knew a lot about fights. Like and I, I realized from you that I know nothing. Like you're, you're unbelievable. Uh, uh, really well, appreciate what you do doing for us guys and everything, and and uh, appreciate you letting me talk and relive the glory days a little bit. It's very nice. Uh, I'm honored to be on. Thanks a lot, Darren. Appreciate well, it. hey man, I like I said, I appreciate you taking the time. And uh, while I might have uh, uh, watched a lot of fights and uh, and in my own duster way had a couple, but. Uh, Shit, dude, you were right in the middle of it. You were the one taking them on, and it was, uh, like I said, going through your fight card. That uh, I'll, I'll stick Josh Mazur's fight card up against anybody's, and I don't think anybody. Uh, that was unbelievable. Uh, the guys that you took on, and uh, and like I said, from the video that I've watched, you, you certainly won more than you lost. That's for sure. And uh, no, again, I appreciate you taking the time to uh, to uh, to talk with me, and uh, hopefully everybody uh, gives us a listen and. Uh, Hey, if you have any questions, Josh is on Twitter. Get a hold of him. I know he's on there. He'll uh, he'll answer you. I hope he won't he won't shun you. Yeah, no, I will for sure. Yeah, I, I'd be shocked if anybody treats me, but absolutely, I will. Yeah, no, that's yeah, no, that'd be great. All right, man. Well, uh, thank you very much again, and uh, and uh, hey, maybe we'll have we'll have to do a little later if we if we if the show keeps going, we're gonna get we'll get you on for part two. Sure, you know what I love, like any like I love talking fighting, and uh, I I don't talk that much usually, but if it's about fighting, I, I like you can't, I love it, and uh, I love following the stuff. If you ever want to talk again, I like 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 I'm I'm shocked that you actually had me on and whatever. I think my wife, my wife and kids think I'm a celebrity because I'm on a podcast. <laughs> like it's a pretty big deal to me, and uh, I appreciate it. Oh, hey, a lot. hey man, it was great. You know what? It actually be a really cool idea. I should get, we get a round table, and I get you and Taze and like Jeremy Thompson on here. Yeah. And it'll be like a medicine. That would be fun. A medicine hat tiger round table. 
Absolutely. Yeah, Taze is a character. Like, he's a great guy. Is he a, school, is he a school teacher? Yeah, he is a school teacher. Yeah, I think he, uh, he's either the principal or assistant principal. And, I, like, I know, like, I've talked to parents and the kids just love him. Like, oh, he, he's, he, that's an entertaining individual. Just, uh, Heart of gold on them. Great well, there, guy. Great well, there guy. you go. My wife's a teacher. Them friggin' teachers and their summers off. Oh, yeah. We'll get yeah, him on here. He, he's got nothing but time now. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I think I, I don't know if it was him I said two months. I was bugging to get in summer to, summers off. They said, well, you could have been a teacher. They said, oh, I guess you do have a point. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to. I, that's a good idea. I think we'll have to do a round table. But, uh. Yeah, that would be great. That would be yeah. great. But until then, Josh, thank you once again. And, uh, have a good night, man. I appreciate it. Okay, yeah. Th- thanks a lot. See you, Darren. Take it easy, man. And you people that don't like fighting, how many of you did you walk out and get a coffee while that was 